you know, I kind of like to research my roles and really get into it. For instance, True Believer. I actually worked in a law firm for two months. And, and the, the film Chaplin, I had a little cameo on that. I actually traveled in time back to the 20s where, well, <laughs> I, I, I've said too much. Welcome to Tripod, a podcast about cinema's unofficial trilogies. Three films which are not linked by the usual elements like characters or plot, but instead are connected by a director or writer or actor or sometimes much, much less. I'm Tyree. I'm Matt and I nailed that whistle first time, goddammit. You sure did, Matt. Good for you. Pat on the back. And today we're concluding Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time trilogy with his final film ever made, 1985's Once Upon a Time in America. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why I did that accent. <laughs> I don't know what accent that is. It's kind of uh, urchin. I don't know. Sounded like uh, sounded like the start of Aladdin. Have they have they <laughs> have they retrofitted that yet? Maybe in the new one. In the live isn't action. Isn't Robin one. Williams where he's like? Oh, in the live yeah. action. Yeah, that's yeah. Most yeah, definitely yeah. in the live action. The guy Ritchie, I'm sure, righted the wrongs of Disney. Mm. Yeah, but um, we're not here to talk about that. Um, we're here to talk about something much, much better. Yeah. Uh, it's called Once Upon a Time in America. Long movie. Yeah. Maybe one of the longest I've ever seen. I don't know wow. how many movies I've seen that nearly touch four hours in length. Yeah, what was the runtime for you? Uh, 3.49. 3.49. Which I watched okay. over... Yeah, how many sittings? I think three. Three sittings, uh, wow. The first one I watched was about two hours... Then I watched to the okay. intermission, and then I finished it. So yeah, so so that's about, a good place to about stop. About two hours, one hour, and one hour. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, for those of you who who are not in the know, who are playing away from home, there's actually a few cuts of this film. Mm. We watched different cuts. Oh really? So <laughs> yeah, you did, did watch the you watched the um I watched the like restored thing. The restored version. Oh cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which... I, I've read up a little bit about what's included in that, but I don't okay. know fully. There's not too much. There's not like you're. It's not like you're missing stuff, and you're like, "Whoa, this completes the film." At least not in my opinion. But um, right, it's more just interesting seeing it and going, "Oh, what if? What if?" Uh, oh, what are you doing there? Matt's playing with the knobs. Oh no, I'm just turning turning us up just a little bit. Just, okay, but I'm sure we'll be fine. Oh, nice. Yeah, sweet. Good. Um, so that the audience can hear us. How do you want to even start? I was uh, thinking about this on the ride down. I was just mm. like, first of all, something really funny happened <laughs> on my bike ride down, <laughs> where. I, uh, I I went over this, like, I was listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. Just with one headphone. Don't worry. I was being safe. But okay. I was listening to the soundtrack, and I went over a bump on the, like, the river walk kind of coming onto the road, and my bike, uh, sorry, my, my water bottle uh, flew out of my um, bike, like, holder. Oh, wow. And, like, hit the ground, and its lid opened, and it just started to, like, spill with water. But the point in the soundtrack that I was listening to, it was so such a, like, dramatic, like, uh, kind of really dreamlike moment where like it he had just gone into this minor key and I looked at my bottle and it, I was just like, oh no, oh no. And it looked the way it had opened and was just flooding out onto the road. looked like it was just bleeding out, like just like on the street. And I was like, oh, and it was like, da, 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 da. Like a... I was like, no. Dropped to my knees. Oh, it's amazing how a soundtrack can really uh, change. And this one's know. like... This one is just I I I'm, I'm I'm unsure if this is my favorite of the three, and I liked all of them. Mm. But that I once upon a time in the West was like 
so good. And now I think this one might. I think this one might just pip it like in terms. That of pan flute, am I right? Yeah. Oh yeah. He loves Those pipes. He baby. loves any kind of a whistle. Yeah. He know? loves a whistle. Yeah. He loves a shon and a wah. <laughs> And a wah. <laughs> and a wah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, the, this time he brings in the pan flute. Oh, levels, so it, up. levels so it up. So what I guess one way we could yeah. start is because it's such a it's such a big movie to watch, let alone talk about. What uh, what did you know about it going in? I, I knew very little, even yeah. to the point where when I was watching it, I was like, first of all, how is this not a Scorsese film? <laughs> and second of all, why? I, like, legitimately, within the in the first half of watching it, I was like, "It's crazy that Scorsese made The Irishman mm. after, even though this was already a thing." Yeah, I know they're not yeah, the same yeah. film, but like, I personally hey, there's, when there's, I watch, there's Teamsters. I mean, there's Teamsters involved. They're pretty. They're very similar in terms of structure, in terms yeah. of like kind of the, the tales of morality about this game, and also the fact Unions. that it's about this. It's the same main actor. Yeah. So I wa- yeah, and yeah. Pesci's in it as well. So there was all this stuff where <laughs> I was like, bit I was like, I th- I already thought going into this film that Pacino, uh, sorry, um, De Niro was in a lot of gangster movies. Yeah. But I didn't know that he was in this many that were all kind of around the same idea of like huge flashbacks. Kind of the the what what is it about gangster movies that they feel like let's tell this story of this man's whole life? Mm. You know, they do it in in um, in this. They do it in in Goodfellas. Yep. They do it in Godfather. They do it like it's it's it spans so many decades. Mm. Is it because of their kind of like rags to riches story? They have to show yeah. the kind of passing of time. I guess so. Yeah, it's like the American. Uh, it's like an American epic or an I American just, fairy tale. Yeah, I know? just don't know if any genre does it so consistently. I understand why each movie does it individually, but it's like all of them do it. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Ever since the genres, uh, ever since it like. Ever since they started making gangster films, they've always been about the the rise and fall of the gangster. Mm. You know, Al Capone starts as an immigrant, uh, very poor, uh, you know, not a penny to his name, and then he rises to the top, mm. and then he comes crumbling down, mm. you know? Uh, gangster films have always been about that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, look, this is a... It's just a big one. It's just a big film. Not just in terms of... Uh, um, <laughs> in terms of runtime. But man, it's just there's a lot to there's a lot to get into here. Yeah, we'll get dug into the weeds pretty quickly. I think. What did you know about easily. it? What did you know about it going in? What did you What did you heard of? Because I, I was pretty blind to it. To yeah, I was pretty blind to it. I knew it was one of the big epics. I always i I knew that one shot of the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm. It's like one of the most such famous shots. I, it's oh. actually one of my favorite posters now. Of, oh yeah. of ever. I think it's just oh, such yeah. a great. I love, and I always thought those. You see those like four or five figures walking. Yeah. Underneath it, I always thought they were like adults with like one or two kids, but it's oh, just all kids wow. dressed as adults. Yeah, that thought, wow, that changeover man. from when the the kids start yeah. to make money and they yeah. just dress themselves as little gentlemen, like yeah. it's, they're all in those beautiful clothes. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's such a. Yeah, that that shot. Um, especially, I love a poster that kind of, if you know, you know. Like if mm. like that scene is there's only one moment where that's happening in the movie, mm. and then what happens immediately afterwards. Like if you know what happens in that scene, the mo- that poster takes on this whole new meaning. Yeah, it's like images that precede awful events. Or something yeah, like that. or just yeah. precede like <laughs> precede basically the whole turning point for this yeah. kid's life. Yeah, these these kids' life, yeah. I guess. So yeah. I I pretty much knew nothing except that that one frame. I think there was mm. at one point in my life I thought this was from The Godfather or something like that because I was like, oh, De Niro, mm. I don't know, America. It must be The Godfather or something yeah. like that. But um, yeah, it wasn't until, I mean, I don't know when, 
I clued onto the fact that it was Sergio Leone who made this movie. Mm. Uh, some, at some point in, in time, I guess. And then when we when we started this trilogy, I was like, oh yeah, sweet, I get to watch this now. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, I didn't know it would be this great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I I I um I went through a whole phase of like after watching this being like yeah. I think I love that but then because of the way that it again like we'll get into and like we've kind of gotten into over the past few episodes Leone kind of looks at the spaghetti western for the last time mm-hmm. in Once Upon a Time the West kind of takes down that whole mythology and and romanticism of that that those characters and that time yeah does the same with with revolutions kind of in general mm. in the early 1900s and then for this i feel like he's he's obviously doing kind of the same thing with the gangster film yeah and in yeah. in doing it in a time where it came out after mean streets it came out after the godfather um you know it wasn't as if it was hitting cinemas as like this this new thing but the way he did it feels and i feel like a lot of these gangster films are kind of like you said the rise and fall so they often deal with kind of like that it's not as if they it's such an interesting topic because it's like well by putting them on screen and by showing their exploits and by showing their success and by naturally by the the very like kind of idea that we're like putting us in their in their world so that we kind of assimilate with them or like kind of root for them or whatever naturally that makes them kind of these romantic figures and it makes their downfall kind of tragic Mm. but then that can be lost in like well so hang on but do you are you supporting these people like are we on on their side Mm. and this is the best example i've seen of a film where i despised noodles by the end of it Mm -hmm. and and i I was and that's why i was confused at the end because i was like did i not like that like am i and i was like no 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 i just hate this main character oh, yeah. but not in a way that i'm like they didn't write him well enough i was like no they wrote him to a t mm-hmm. and i hate him and he's an awful man and all this stuff and the way they did it so well by like i think it's so, so i was saying about the the beginning from childhood into into early uh, late adulthood and stuff i think that's such a key factor mm. in getting us on his side originally and those first few hours before the intermission um, or right before the intermission, like when we're kind of, we're still seeing him as that kid. I think yeah. we're still seeing all of them as those kids who started out poor, started out with nothing, started out with no parents, no role models mm. and like seeing them grow up, you kind of stick with them. And then I guess that the film takes on this really dark change where it's like, you know, pretty much as soon as he comes out of prison, it's like, all right, get on board. Cause these guys are like vicious killers and rapists and all this awful stuff that is like yeah. really confronting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very few redeeming qualities in these guys. Mm. When they finished it, when Leone finished it and they wrapped, it was like 10 hours of footage. Mm. Um, that Like usable footage. Not I, From what I understand, it not 10 hours of footage that... Yeah, it wasn't was just like, like James Woods know, talking off set going, no. yeah, what, what do you got for... Yeah. What, you got? what was it? Is that cheese? That mozzarella? Um, <laughs> no, it was like actual usable footage that yes. he then cut Story. down into two three-hour films. Yep. Um, that then his distributor and and um, the lad company, was yeah, the studio behind this, yeah, one. studio production and producers company. were like, nope, not we're not doing two three hours. We're doing one film, so cut it down more. Yeah, he cut it down to what I believe is the version I saw, mm. which is the two hour forty nine. Yeah, is otherwise that, known as like true? the the European cut, the European cut, the one that which played yeah. well, like hit theaters, played well, people yeah. thought it was great, and then in America, um, it sadly was butchered even more, and more more so than actually being cut down to about two hours or just under, it was actually reorganized in linear fashion. Oh yeah. Which yeah. people were like, it made no sense. Yeah. This and film is told really out of order. It's really out of order. Like, There's yeah. basically three time periods, isn't it? It's about, yeah. it's about like, mm-hmm. you know, this, this friendship group of these, um, 
uh, American, like Jewish immigrants growing up in, in the Bronx or in, in Brooklyn um, and basically going from that like street level to basically running their own criminal mm. empire um, mm. and the the split that happens um, at a certain point when um, the two leaders, Noodles and, and Max, Max, kind yeah. of have a, a disagreement where of where to take the business. Mm. Um, and then it takes, and then it's basically the film is framed with um, with Noodles uh, having gotten this letter. He's in his sixties now, I would imagine. Probably he's mm. it's in the nineteen sixties, and I think well, yeah, they were born yeah, in like early nineteen right. aughts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's in his sixties. He he returns to this old vill- old neighborhood that he was from, and it's the story is basically framed from his his like recollection of like these events. Um, yeah, you know, basically being like reflecting on his childhood, <coughs> reflecting yeah. on the really important parts of his uh young adulthood when he went to jail all this stuff and mm. then and then um it's kind of re it's it's not even that much is in order it's just like thrown around but it's still very very understandable yeah 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 it's funny so yeah we're, we're talking about uh, a movie that had a lot of different cuts out there um there's three main ones so there's sort of well there's a few versions out there so yes you watched what's called like the european cut or the yeah. director's cut uh which is um, three hours, 50 minutes, basically. Yeah. I watched one called the restored cut, which is a project that Martin Scorsese and I think like people from the Gucci estate Gucci, yeah. Under- yeah. <laughs> undertook. Yeah. I saw that um, and I was like, is that the same name? And I'm like, I struct- guess it has to structurally be. is the same. It just includes as far as I can tell. It's, well, I mean, we'll figure they just this out. Put scenes in. They just added some um, restored scenes and you can tell when a added scene is put in front of you because it's, it's footage that's been degraded and mm. it's like doesn't look great and mm. so you go whoa different um <laughs> so you know exactly when you're watching um a restored scene uh there's one called the khan cut which again is very similar to the uh european cut it may even be the same one actually I'm not is that the one they originally showed yeah that's the one yeah. they originally showed uh there's a six hour version like you were talking about which he said maybe two films and the mm. studio was like hell no but has anyone ever seen that like that was never that was never Probably released no one except like the people who worked on it mm. yeah it's it's lost lost to time mm. like the main character of the film <laughs> uh and then there's yeah the the like american release which is maybe like an hour and 50 or two hours with even yeah, uh, yeah i think i think under two hours no no, no yeah, i think yeah, it was yeah, under yeah. two hours which is crazy because it this film came out after films like the godfather yep. after gangster films had kind of been you know two hours plus 250 yep. plus or whatever it was yep. so yep. the fact that they felt like they needed to butcher it, i believe it was under two hours that's how that's how much yeah. i think they took a knife to it yeah yeah um, which is which is insane and it's it's funny and that one yeah is reordered structurally so it's like told linearly we go from um the main character's childhood adulthood and then old age and yeah is probably trash so yeah. I've, so i've heard did you i saw an interview with james coburn where he talked about sitting down with leone oh like yeah coburn yeah, 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 after yeah, yeah. after doing dynamite with him that we just covered and he said what did he say he was like he was like leone he was he was so sad he, he was, was so sad. he was so sad they've he, taken my once yeah, upon yeah, a time yeah, and he was, he was we were having lunch i don't know some some place and uh and he was like <laughs> yeah and he goes and Leone, he was just, oh, I was like, Serge, what's wrong? You're, you look, you look terrible. He's like, oh, they take my movie. They, they, the take, essence. You know, they, they, they like, it, I work so hard on this movie and they take it in. This is James like Coburn kind of doing the impression yeah. as well. And then, like, and man, then, just adding this yeah, in. no. And then Coburn's just like, <laughs> it feels like he just dismissed the, the sadness of this old man so quickly where he just like patted him on the back. He was like, 
that's okay, man. You can put it back together again. <laughs> like it was like some yeah, broken yeah, toy. Yeah, yeah. It's like a kid was just like, they took my toy and they broke it and it's ruined. <laughs> like, that's okay. We'll it's get like you another the, one. It was, it's like the distant father who doesn't know how to deal with his yeah. son going through <laughs> yeah. depression. He's like, hey, sport. Oh, I used to have one of these things when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, should I leave the door open or yeah. closed? Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's yeah, so good. no, I love that interview. And the, did you watch the rest of that? That's like from the behind the, the scenes. The doco, yeah. And the thing, the main thing I took out of that like twenty minute little doco was just I think not something that I fully got with the the previous two films because they're less they were less publicized, less less junkets, less people yeah. talking about the, working yeah, yeah. with Leone. But um, I understand he's probably like a pretty complicated guy in a, in a lot of ways. But yeah. from what I get from these actors, like he was a very he was a very rare kind of director who was both very much like we need to get it exactly like it is in my head. Mm-hmm. So like word for word, I need you to do this movement here, this yep. now, whatever. But also very collaborative and very like, yeah, you can break character. It's like yeah. a weird mix of like, yeah, so uh, on script, guys. Uh, but hey, feel free to break character if you need. Uh, but, you know, word for word, we got to get it perfect. Like just like, oh, what? <laughs> Could be very confusing. But yeah. I think he was like, yeah. he struck a balance that they all re- like they loved they mm. loved working with him. James Woods was like best best thing in my whole career. Basically, yeah. Everyone talks, even like Rod Steiger, who had a bad, who had a bad, um, bad onset experience. Onset experience. Afterwards, was like, hey, this guy. He's a great director. Yeah. He made a great movie. Yeah. Um. No, I just wanted to flash back to the the end of that. You you watched to the very end of that um thing, and it's yeah. like, uh, so this is like a, I think it's not even a behind the scenes. It's like a documentary on Leone. I think it covers like all of his movies. But yeah, it must be. I was just watching the segment for YouTube to just be yeah. a snippet on on this movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just watching the segment on Once Upon a Time in America, and um, it ends on that frame of um, Robert De Niro, the last frame from this film, smiling at the camera, and the music is all swelling up, and then it, like it has that voiceover from James Coburn again. Do you yeah. remember that? And it's like. <laughs> I wish he was still around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I was that like, should, oh, that should be have... the thing that wraps up this episode. Yeah, I was like, are we going to have him uh, like talk more? It's like, no, no, this is, <laughs> it, this is it. I wish he was still around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Man, a few words. Uh, <clears throat> genius. Um, was I talking about my my essentially my dad-in-law earlier? You were essentially... Uh, <clears throat> oh, basically, can... I just didn't have time to watch the movie and do a lot of notes. I did watch the movie, yeah. obviously. Or else this would be a really one-sided right. podcast. We can we can freeball it, free, freewheel it. <laughs> I, 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 was, just, I was kind of in a similar boat, but I did. Well, no, do well, some it's, looks. Just, it's just like the once upon a time in the West, where it's like the, just, when you start looking into it, more stuff reveals itself. And you're yeah, like, oh, damn it. And that's what I'll say about this whole trilogy. By the way, is like yeah. this is I think this has been the most enjoyable that we've done uh, in term for my, for my own like perspective because I, I, oh, I Bronco Bridges. Oh, well, Bronco yeah, Bridges yeah, one's yeah. pretty good. I mean, I was thinking about Rip D for a while. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah. These three films, I've never, I've never uh, watched a string of movies that have stayed with me more than these three. I think at this point, like in terms of just yep. like I was thinking about Once Upon a Time in the West, like for days after seeing it, I was mm. thinking about the the uh, Once Upon a Time in the Revolution mm. as well, and this one more so than I think the other two because of how I think. It's almost like he's he Leone progressively gets more and more in your face with how good he is. <laughs> uh, good he is, but how evil his characters are. Good yeah, he, he like, gets like, yes, that's true. Like yes. um yes. the the things they do in this movie mm. are things that the characters probably would have done in the past past movies as well, but yep. he doesn't necessarily show it in such, you know, uh confronting close ups or in such like just black and white like this is who this person is, mm. um, you know. So I think uh, I think that's why it was such. That's why it stayed with me so much is because yeah. I loved the film, and it's one of the it's one of the one of the films. I guess one of the um, 
it's one of the best examples of a film that I've seen where I I detest the main character but love the film. Yes. And sometimes yep. I've struggled with that relationship yep. with a movie where it's yep. like, yeah, the, like that that can that can be uh, that can be valid. It's almost impossible to do. It's it's like how do you get on board with a protagonist who you hate but mm. want to watch more of and like figure out. And mm. I, I guess I have some thoughts on the on the matter which we'll get yeah, into. And I'm the not, story. I'm not, wanna, yeah, and I'm not I'm not saying but, like, oh, you have to your your characters all have to be likable. I'm not No, 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 of course it's, not. Yeah. yeah no. It's um it's just that it was just such a with even with Breaking Bad. Well, yeah, I how many that, other how many other movies have you watched where you hate the main character? No, I can't even think of any really. Yeah. Like I've definitely would like all, all pretty much all the gangster films like you could argue, yeah. but I would say that this one was the one that made you be like, no, think about it. Like, think about how bad this person is. Like, you can't, dick. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Very few redeeming qualities. Yeah. But yeah, Breaking Bad's a good comp because... The other you, ones just make you it watch... cooler. Like, you, you, it's cool. Like, Godfather is like, you want to like um, Al Pacino because it's like, he's a cool guy. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like they, they make it like into this thing where it's like, it's, they're cool. They're like, they're desirable. I don't know. Well, no, but with Godfather as well, uh, he's, he's a patriot and he's a soldier. He went off to fight yeah. World War II. So like, well, I'm on his side. Yeah. Hell yeah. He fought the Nazis. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all on board for that. Yeah. And he's sort of thrust into the position of yeah. the mob yeah. leader, you know, it's like, well, I have to protect my family. I don't want my dad to get killed. Very much breaking down. So then he takes on more and more responsibilities and becomes, becomes the villain mm. essentially. But in that, in that movie, the rise, so yeah, every gangster movie is about the rise and fall of a gangster, but in, in the Godfather, the rise is the fall because the Godfather ends with him like pretty much seizing control of all the crime families mm. in, in, where's that movie based? New York as well? Well, in America uh, yeah. anyway. But God, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because it's but betraying he, he his, becomes, himself, isn't he? He's completely closed off from everyone. He like yeah. loses the love of his yeah. life. He like he has no like human feelings anymore. And this movie's just yeah, like a lot. God damn it! <laughs> what if we talk about the 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 like childhood stuff first? Because that's like chronologically, like in terms of. Like, what did you think about that sequence of the film where we kind of meet these characters and stuff like that? That was some of my favorite stuff. From oh, really? You yeah. like the the hoodlums, the hooligans? Yeah, I think I think like these little these little kids. First of all, it was just impressive to see how incredibly well they'd cast the kids per the adults. You yeah. know what I mean? Like every oh, yeah. when they have that scene where after Noodles gets out of prison and he goes into the speakeasy for the first time and sees all of his old friends, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god. How did they cast these adults to look so much like these kids? I was like, yeah. "Oh, you idiot! They would have done the other way around." <laughs> it's like this, it's well, like especially the... with like Jennifer Connelly and Elizabeth McGovern. I yeah, was like, damn, wild. It's like the it's like the Forrest Gump story. Have you heard that? Where they no. where um, Tom Hanks tells this story where Robert Zemeckis came up to him on the set of Forrest Gump was like, "Ah, we got a problem here, Tom. Uh, we gotta make we gotta make this kid speak like you." Oh, and he yeah. was like, "No, no, no. What if I just speak like the kid? Because the kid came from like deep South Mississippi uh -huh. or something." Yeah. And he had, what did he say? He had these hard G's. Mm. So when he says speaking, it's actually speaking mm, like that. Right. And so Tom just sat down with him and was like, so, what, you know, what? tell me about your life. And he was just like, what, is your, what does your father do? And he was just like, oh, oh my daddy makes grease. And Tom <laughs> was just like, okay, well, we're keeping this. Like, <laughs> I'll just speak like this. Um, Siskel of Siskel and Ebert fame. He has this great take, which is, it's basically a criticism of the, uh, the condensed linear cut that he saw versus the mm. extended European cut he saw. And just on the simplest of levels, the non-linearity works because Robert De Niro is a star. And the first thing you see in the non-linear cut is Robert De Niro as audiences like him, which is him as an adult, basically. Mm. Like, oh, cool, I, I'm on board with Robert De Niro. Villain, good guy, whatever, I'll take it. Mm. Uh, uh, whereas 
Evie going cold mm. and just meet the kids, you're just like, oh, okay, why do I give a fuck? Yeah. That's so on so the simplest true. level, and like there's obviously a lot more going into yeah, it than yeah, that, yeah. but just on the simplest level, audiences, you know, we like people we recognize. Well, I think it's really, yeah. and, and it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's well put. And I think it's yeah. really important to remember as well that the, the moment we meet this character in all three of his ages, yep. he is not in a position of power. He's very weak. He's very like sympathetic. So mm. like, even though he is like, you, you see him at the start, I think it's the opium den, opium den, mm. den. It's not like a romantic um, or like sexy version of like, you know, taking drugs like in some other movies where you know this this character yeah, is like so this, like a this, montage of like lines no, of cocaine no no these people are like sedated it's really sad and weird and you know secretive and you know yeah. but but the first thing we see of him is that he's being hunted by these unknown gangsters and mm. so we all immediately feel like oh my god like he the interesting thing that we give like, him the benefit of the doubt we give him the basically. benefit of the doubt and then you go and then you see him as a kid and you also see him as an old man and in all three of those he's kind of like He's 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 up against it. Yep. You know? Yeah. As a kid he's got no no parents, he's on the street. As an old man, he's been given this letter that he feels again like he's being pulled into this kind of mm. world that he potentially like we don't know yet, like about what his relationship is to it. All we know is from that first scene with uh with, with um Fat Mo getting getting beaten yeah. is that the gangster does say what are you gonna? You're gonna stick up for your friend who betrayed all of his people, like all of his friends, yeah. and so that's one thing that you get where you're like, oh, okay. You get a sense that maybe De Niro, like, yeah. what did he do? Like, you know, and that also captivates you because, like, well, yeah. they're friends. Well, then I want to know why he had, he had to betray them. Yeah. It must have been a good reason. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it it kind of is. You're dying to know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know when did he come up with this story? When did he want to make it? Do you back know in the yeah, back in the '60s, right? Like he he's yeah. had it for. I mean, well, that's the thing though. I think I don't know if he wanted to do once upon a, once upon a time in America per se, because from what I've read is that he had this uh, he had an idea to do an American gangster film back in the '60s or '70s. Mm. They wouldn't give him the money for it. He did West and Dynamite, and then this yeah. like yeah. ten years after Dynamite. But I think in that interim, he read this book, mm. um, The Hoods. The Hoods. Have you read The Hoods? No, no. Have you? No. No. I was going to say. <laughs> That's why I didn't have time to research. I read the whole the book. Um, <laughs> the great American novel, The Hoods. Yeah, he, he read The Hoods by this... The um, Western canon shakes at its approach. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, had, he had this book that's basically like an autobiography from the perspective of a gangster, yeah. much like... A Jewish New Yorker. A Jew, yeah, 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 exactly. A yeah. uh, Jewish yeah. immigrant. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically, he's four friends or five friends who, who basically went from being on the street to running their own kind of bootlegging yeah. gang. And he was so taken with it that, that the script was kind of born from that. Yeah, and that was while he was making The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Because mm, so the first thing he wanted oh, so to do... Oh, you read it back then? Yeah. Oh, wow. And there was, like, rights... To, he couldn't get the rights yeah, to right. it for a long time. It, there was a massive writing process, like, adaptation process as mm. well. But like we spoke about on um, our first episode for this trilogy, you know, he wanted... That was the first, like, Hollywood picture he wanted to make yeah. with the studio. But Paramount was like, yeah, but Westage. Yeah. Come on, they only do a Western. Yeah. He was like, ah. <laughs> Uh, calm down, Leonie. Just keep claiming the letter. <laughs> Even like Burns music just skews up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make them a Western they've never seen before. They just um, slap him on the back of their head. It's like, come on, get going. <laughs> James Coburn's just like, that's all right. <laughs> just make your gangster picture later. <laughs> You'll have the last laugh. <laughs> uh, door open or closed? Yeah. <laughs> what would you like? Uh, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so he'd read this book, loved it. The adaptation process was very long, and I mean, did you see how many like credits were listed under like? Oh, the screenplay. The screenplay? was like seven people. It's like seven people. I didn't um, even write their names down because I was like, ah, pff, they're all. But I feel like because it's a typewriter, like that just is because of fatigue of just like arm fatigue. Of yeah, true. Four hundred pages back, of that. Like, oh. <laughs> and also like, <laughs> also like you know, white out and sticking <laughs> sticking together bits. Like it would have just been a whole team of yeah, guys yeah. in a room, just, having like, to reload the ink into yeah, the thing. A thousand You'd need, monkeys like... <laughs> working at a thousand typewriters. <laughs> You'd need like a pit team yeah to like repair everything as they're going yeah exactly massage their wrists as they got copper but did you hear did you see the script writer as well when he first like he got the he got the script and he said that italian scripts where on the left is all the the action or big yeah. print and on the right is all the dialogue and mm. he got given this script by the only that had no dialogue yeah and then he started writing that and he tells this amazing story where he writes all the dialogue for it he gives it to leone leone reads it to him or to himself and to like an mm. assistant in the meeting it takes like four hours and leone's just laughing all the way through it just giggling and laughing and i'm like what and the guy was really concerned as well and then he goes and then leone looked at me and he just went oh this is very funny <laughs> i don't want to funny and, like, and it's like the guy's like oh okay well why like and I'm like why did it take that long for him to say that and also what the hell had this guy written like why was it funny what was what did he what dialogue did he put in this thing where Leonie was just laughing the whole time yeah it's wild and yeah, then, maybe to, he, and then yeah. for the guy to rewrite it it's it, you'd imagine Leonie being like okay well you're out I'm gonna get someone yeah. who doesn't make me laugh for four hours because yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a serious film. he must have recognized it was good funny yeah. but good yeah, yeah. I heard you know Norman Mailer no you know the author Norman Mailer. Okay. Uh, there's I've a, heard the name. Uh, he was he was hired at one point. Because that's what people well. say when they want to sound smart. Is I've heard the name, oh, but well. I know nothing about him. Oh well, you sound very smart. Right <laughs> now. <laughs> Thanks. Yank. <laughs> no, who who was this guy? Uh, Norman Mailer was. Well, I got this quote from an interview of um, Leonis. I don't know when the interview was done, um, but he said so. Norman Mailer is like a controversial uh, author figure. Um, controversial in the same way that like a lot of people don't like Jordan Peterson, I guess, where mm. like he wrote like he had like a very um, um, incendiary like talking and writing style and you know yep. pissed a lot of people off. Whatever. Anyway, here Leone says of Norman Mailer, uh, he was among the first to work on it. He barricaded himself in in a Rome hotel room with a box of cigars, his typewriter, and a bottle of whiskey. But I'm sorry to say, he only gave birth to a Mickey Mouse version. <laughs> Mela, at least in my eyes, the eyes of an old fan, is not a writer for movies. Oh, wow. A Mickey Mouse version. A Mickey Mouse version. And at first I was like, well, English is his you know, second language. Maybe he meant to like soften that a bit. But then I was like, well, no, he probably wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. said that in Italian. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, this movie, the only wanted to make for a very, very long time. Um, and he had to make two other westerns, which he was... Like we mentioned before, like he was mm. kind of done with. He was like, I don't want to make westerns. He didn't even <clears throat> want to... Bless you. Sorry. He didn't even want to make... No, don't be sorry. It's okay. Just don't let it happen again, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, he didn't even want to... Well, he didn't intend to make Duck Yusaka, did he? He was... Well, it he was, had, like, other directors like he, he, in line to do it. He yeah, just wanted yeah, to evoke yeah. his style. Yeah, and I think as well, because Duck Yusaka came out in 71. Yep. Um, when was Godfather? 70... 70? 72? I think it was about then. Yeah. So right that would have been around then. the time that he was actually offered The Godfather. Which I didn't yes, know. Yes, that's right. He was also Leone, that. Was which like, for me, I'm like that. It doesn't really add up as to why he was approached for that because I know he was a wonderful director. Yeah. Like it's a good choice. Mm -hmm. But back then, it was this was in the era where we've talked about like everyone. In, everyone was talking like, oh yeah, Leone. Like yeah, he's good director. I never seen any of his films. But, uh, apparently <laughs> Did he's this good. get made? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like to be offered the Godfather, and I know it wasn't yeah. the Godfather yet. 
But yeah. it, it would have had some like. Well, the last three it. movies were big hits, though. They made a lot of money, and studios yeah, go, "Oh, yeah. it made money, sweet. I want that." But it's yeah. funny. It's like it's, it's like Marvel today, where it's like, "Oh, you did a successful film. All right, sweet, direct." True, true. Direct but it's this. funny that it was. I guess um, he hadn't made, like you said, he hadn't made a gangster film no, to yeah. be given this one as a starting point. Like it's just interesting that he was offered it, and secondly that he said no because yeah, I mean, what amazing a, the what restraint. A, what a, yeah. well the restraint, but the betting, yeah, the betting on himself, where he's mm. like. He's like best best gangster film ever made. No, I'm gonna make a better one. Like yeah. I'll, I'll make I'll, I'll go with my own idea uh, that I've got, and I'm gonna yeah. wait for you know 12 years to to make it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, facts on the internet that are kind of contradicting each other. One of which says that like he was offered The Godfather, mm. he didn't take it, he regretted it, and so then mm. he wanted to do this film. There's yeah. other opinions that say no, he already had this in the in the gun, like yeah. loaded in the chamber. So he was like, no, 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 I won't do The Godfather. I'm gonna stay with my own. Magnum opus kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, budget for this film, $30 million USD. Mm. Adjusted for inflation, I don't know what that is. You do the math. Mm. Um, opening weekend, $2.4 million. Oof. 2.4 million. Dollars. Um, total domestic box office, $5.3 million yeah, USD. Okay. <laughs> so we could assume that maybe in Europe it, it did better. Because oh, yeah. like maybe you could double oh, that, yeah. triple that. I don't know, but even then, it yeah. it would still be struggling to have made its money back. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. There's just way more screens in America, and the problem, the reason for that was because the Lad Company, in all their infinite wisdom, decided, yeah, let's let's butcher the hell out of it. Mm. Let's get. I think James Woods points it out in uh, that that uh, doco we watched. Where it's like the assistant editor from Police Academy was hired yeah. to like do the editing. What a schmuck! It's like, <laughs> yeah. and like I don't mean to knock that guy. Like, good on him for trying. No, but, like, but it's he it was given the impossible job. Yeah. of squishing this thing down into like an hour and a half or whatever, and rearranging it into a yeah. linear order. Yeah, and yeah, people saw it. And went, what the fuck is this piece of shit? Yeah, it's like you know, carpeting over hardwood floors or something. Where it's just yeah. like well, it's not going to look good. But he no. he tried his best. Um, God damn it, he tried. It, Real it, effort. It, and it, people would say, people would say of it like again. James Woods mentions this. Siskel says it in his like recap of 1985, where he's like, the the American release is the worst film of the year, and the the European release is the best film of the year. You know, not only the best film of the year, the best film of the 80s. So that's that. That's the step up he Damn. went to. He was like, "This is the American release is worst of the year." Yeah, the Leone original cut is the best film of the the decade, basically. Damn, um, which is such an amazing contradiction of, like, it's hey, amazing if, how yeah. If the, just, if the artist wants it, maybe maybe stick with their vision. Like, yeah, you know. sometimes that's the way to go. I mean, I think how it's, many times it's important it, how to many, do a yeah. middle ground because otherwise he would have released like an eight hour film, which may have been you know yeah, and that could have been detrimental. Great. Yeah, because yeah. like sometimes you do go oh, okay, this is a bit too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times has the studio been right? I don't know studios and their meddling. If they're trying to remake the whole thing, mm. it it would be detrimental. I think when they're trying to recut the whole film for another purpose. It would probably. I don't know if it ever would have worked. Do you, yeah. Can you think of any examples where it has? No, I've got, I'm blanking. I'm sure there's something. I think you're right. This it's is like why you don't ask questions. You <sighs> don't have answers. Maybe we should get a guest who knows something about something. Yeah, that would be Maybe. good. I mean, we do record this in a film school, so it'd be like there'd be there'd be people. Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? <laughs> no. no Tari's looking around. Librarian staring at us and just doing the shit. <laughs> <face. laughs> we can hear you. You're on the PA. <laughs> What's your relationship with gangster films? How many gangster pictures um, have you watched? Are you a big gangster guy? You like spaghetti westerns? We talked about that. Yeah, You're into the westerns. Dad, even loves, just as like a style and a mood, more is, so than a setting. This is probably like Dad's favorite genre of films, potentially. Really? Well, just in the sense that like my memories of. I thought he was more of a war film kind of guy. Um, 
No, I would say gangster films over war films. Yeah. Oh. Um, he, he, he's Sopranos is his favorite show. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, I remember when I was like 11 or 12 years old, I was sick one night, like had a bad stomach or something. And he came upstairs and like got me out of bed and like put me on the couch with like a, a tea and like to like look after me, basically just sit up with me. Yep. And uh, he just put on The Godfather. <laughs> and he was like... I was Your like, education starts yeah, I was here, like, Matty. I was like, what's this? He was like, you'll love it. <laughs> Which is classic dad to just be like... Did you like explain it? explain it at all, but just like... Yeah, I loved it. Oh, sorry. Of course. Wait, how uh, old were you? I think I was like 13 or 14. Okay. Yeah, I think I think probably... You like 20? No, I was 20. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like on the on the precipice of... I was like okay. 12, 13, 14, something like that. I just have okay. that memory. You can deal with slower stuff now. Yeah, and I think he just knew that I was into this kind of stuff. So yeah, and he yeah, just wanted yeah. to. He, Dad was always keen to show me stuff yeah. that he loved. Like That's he showed great. me a bunch of Monty Python and um, yeah. Big Country. Yeah, Big Country. <laughs> it's a great film. It's Gregory Peck. You know, um, I, 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 yeah. So that I've seen, but I've I've seen very few. I've seen some of the Scorsese films. Like I've seen Irishman. I've seen okay. Goodfellas. I've seen. Yep. Um, think i've seen main streets but i have very little memory of it oh, wow. um yeah. but yeah the, the, I've, I've seen kind of the one of some of the bigger hitters mm. uh mm. what about yourself what's your yeah i mean i like gangster films i love and tv sh shows and mm. stuff like i love the sopranos mm. um i love tarantino's gangster films mm. well i mean i don't love them i like them i enjoy them the most out of his movies i guess yeah i love the the scorsese ones i haven't seen scarface no me neither that's a big one that's on my hit list that's missing um, but yeah, I love uh, the the Godfather series. Haven't watched any of like the classic Hollywood ones, so I haven't gone far back into like Little Caesar, The Public Enemy, etc. Et yeah, oh, I've I'm seen um, I've seen uh, Gangs of New York. What about Boardwalk Empire? Were you a Boardwalk fan? I wanted to be, but I oh. never got it. I never watched any. Like I just remember hearing about it, hearing that it was good, liking Buscemi, being like, oh, cool, good. That for was I. Well. I loved Boardwalk Empire. I don't know if it holds up anymore. Yeah. Um, but I loved it as a as a young as a wee lad. Mm. I'd watch it, tune in every week for the next episode. Mm. Um, even the episodes that I or the seasons that I've heard are like really shit. I enjoyed. Mm. Um, that was my first exposure to a one William Forsyth who plays mm. Cockeye. Yeah, um, who is also in The Rock? If you remember, him yes, I saw yeah, that. I, I was that? like, yeah, yeah. he might be our first uh, like re repeat guest. <laughs> I love I love Forsyth in this film because he's almost bad in it. I feel like does that make sense? Because <laughs> no, no, he's like I think maybe because I don't know if a lot of his uh, you can tell that he's doing a voice first of all. Okay. And it's kind of he's probably, playing, it may have been an ADR thing because he may not have been. That's like, what I mean. That's ADR. what I mean. That like oh, a lot of right. a lot of okay. his a lot of his uh, dialogue feels like it's ADR, maybe be, okay. a bit more than the others, and that kind of that kind of affects the performance a little bit. Okay. I thought he was great. I'm not saying he was bad, but I'm saying that he was playing almost yeah, don't more knock of a, Forsyth. He was playing more of a character. Like everyone in it is so subtle. Hmm. Um, at, at for most of the time, especially De Niro, yep. yeah. um, especially um, like the the main gangsters and stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, Forsyth is like the kind of like, oh yeah, he's oh, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's the like, lug. Yeah, the lug. He's yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I love the fact that they give him the the fife. Is that what it is? A fife? Some, a pamphlet? Oh, I thought it was a pamphlet. Like yeah, but yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. to be like this this big like lump of a guy is like yeah he he composed this beautiful piece of music because <laughs> he's he's such like a he's got that eye and he's like the, yeah. you know literally like he's always kind of like he, he's 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 yeah. never he's never. Um, He's an interesting part of the gang because he's never shown, I guess De Niro is like so, um, so level-headed throughout the whole thing. James Woods, um, Max is kind of, 
like the ideas guy who's really ambitious. He's up and down. He can be really violent, really mm -hmm. angry. Um, but like kind of be very like familial as well, like bring them all together and like yeah. he's always cheersing them and all that kind of, but then you've got, yeah. what's the guy with the eyes? What's his name? The, um, amazing kind of green, like piercing. Eyes. Oh, his character. So I was writing down the list of characters. His name is Patsy or Patsy. Patrick. Patsy. Um, he was one yeah. of my favorite because for me, um, oh, really? well, because he represented in the kind of middle era of the film when they're kind of bootlegging and kind of at the top. You can see his like discomfort at times with the kind of men they're becoming, even though he's kind of pulling triggers as well. And do, like when James Woods like unleashes on his partner, like and starts screaming at her to get out and stuff like that. He he like there's shots of him where he's like I don't know I just feel like he's a little bit tentative, or you can still see like a boyish element to him. Um, I wrote him down as when I was writing the list of characters. I wrote him down as the other one, because <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck was that guy's name?" Uh, Patsy, the other one. <laughs> I guess it's interesting to talk about from the perspective, like, so basically, when they're kids, they start to that like the 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 meeting um, between Max and um, De Niro. What's De Niro? Oh, Noodles. Noodles. Which we never really understand why he's called Noodles, do we? No. So. Uh, no. I thought it was like Leone being like, yeah, spaghetti Western, like spaghetti noodles. Ah. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah, they meet um, on the street. They form this oh, gang man. and um, they start to kind of try and establish themselves as kind of more than petty criminals. Um, and they f they form this alliance where all the money they make will go into this briefcase, yeah. into this locker at this train station. Yeah. And no sooner do they kind of have this agreement and start making money and start being successful that the kind of low, low um, ranking kind of crime boss of the streets mm. comes after them because he's like, hey, you, if you don't work for me in this town, you don't work for anyone yeah. kind of thing. Bugsy. Yeah, Bugsy. Um, and it's that, that scene that we were talking about from the poster where they're walking down the street and mm. their fifth member, their youngest member, they're kind of the... the the child of the group more yep. than any of them because he's like what maybe seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Sees sees the gangster coming, alerts them all, so mm. saves all of them basically, and yep. then gets gunned down himself. Yeah. And then that that basically sets off this sequence where Noodles kills Bugsy in a fit of you know passion and rage. Yep. And then also kills or stabs a police officer. Yeah. And gets put in jail for what twelve to thirteen years ish. Something like that. And a long that's time. that for me is the period of the film where it's like, they're not kids anymore, literally. Like yep. what happened to them kind of set them down mm. this path and they're going to become these monsters that then, that then De Niro kind of discovers when he comes out. What would you say the movie is just about at its core? Like what, what does it revolve around in terms of its central kind of, what is it saying? My understanding of the movie is it's about the death of the gangster film. The same way he, demys he de demystifies the cowboy in like Once Upon a Time in the West and these spaghetti westerns. He does so with a gangster in, in this. One of the most important parts of the gangster film is, yeah, the rise and the fall. Uh, it sort of achieves the American dream through illegal means, becomes like an escapist fantasy hero for a lot of American men who are like, yeah, fuck the system. I want riches. I want babes. Mm. And then that can't sustain itself. Their life becomes empty and vapid, and then things get worse and worse and worse, mm. and then they either get arrested or killed or they lose everything. You know, they become just a regular schnuck, mm. to quote, I don't know. That guy from Goodfellas, whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Um, yeah. The trick with this movie is um, we don't get the rise. That's completely cut out. 
Yeah. We only get them as kids, as yeah. complete innocence, yeah. and then we flash forward to, okay, now they're going to do a whole bunch of depraved evil stuff. Yeah. You don't, you're not like with them because you get that one scene with Bugsy beating up uh, Max and um, a young Max and young Noodles. Mm. But that's pretty much it. I think that's After that, it's them clever. exploiting people, mm. killing people, double-crossing people, yep. um, hurting each other, yep. being just terrible, terrible men mm. to women. Mm. Um, and that's another thing from uh, – that's another trope from gangster films is like the, the position women hold in, mm. the, in those stories, which mm. is they're usually relegated to the, the side as yeah. like the, the moles or the, or the side piece or the squeeze or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in this, Leone doesn't go, okay, well, I want then a character that defies all that kind of logic. Instead, he's like, I'm going to make that even in, even worse for them in, in a way Yeah. in this movie. And I think um, he does that. Have the men treat them even worse than we've seen on screen, which is hard to watch. And oh, like, it's so honestly the, like, the hardest things to stomach. And for a lot of people will be like completely, it'll, like, it'll write the film off for them yes, in their minds. Yeah. I was looking which, at that you know, in the reviews. Fair enough. I fully understand. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's really hard to like, I was even thinking, behind. do we need to do some kind of like trigger warning at the start of this? podcast to be like this film contains scenes that would be incredibly difficult for certain people to watch oh, that's a good point like yeah. because like I, they came didn't come out of nowhere for me but yeah. certainly in the way that he f structured those kind of mm. that especially the main assault on on um deborah deborah oh right yeah. after that date where he kind of like you know and again it's that idea that like we see this relationship that they have from childhood mm. and the way that it's portrayed in this kind of fairy tale-y mm. kind of like at the end of the day he's like perving on her as a kid like he's like watching her yeah the wall, i felt like, i dancing. felt sick watching that scene in a way yeah I'm like oh it's kind of like well in quotation marks charming you know, well little the, hoodlum yeah. watching a girl like dance or whatever yeah but then on the other hand i was like man this is kind of gross that's why i think it's so well done is because you yeah. can kind of get coaxed into thinking that it's like charming in like a childhood kind of a way mm. of these kids don't know any better. Yeah. But it's brutal because she says to him as those, as their kids, like, you know, she reads that passage to him or she, she yeah. says to him like, you'll never be, you'll never be like the one that I love. Like you're, you're yeah. not, we're not meant for each other. Yeah. Um, and he's pining for her throughout the whole movie you feel mm. like he's finally realized in that beautiful date scene that he takes her on where he takes her to the seaside mm. and they have that really great oh, candlelit date dinner, they, yeah, they rent they out dance, the entire and restaurant. Like it's, you know, really, it's really yeah. romantic, but then juxtaposed immediately by the car scene mm. where it's one of the most awful kind of like um, assaults and, and rapes that I've ever seen in a film. Like it just doesn't stop. Um, and it's yeah. so hard to watch. Yeah. And it's... It's played out the entire way through. Yeah. And it's also like yep. coming after that scene mm. where, again, I think he's trying to, to... He's trying to show you, he's trying to get you on this guy's side to be like, mm. he's a gentleman and he, this is this is the culmination of the romance that I showed yep. you at the start where they were kids. And, then, mm. and now he's being like, by the way, remember how this guy's a monster? Like, by yeah. the way, remember how this, this kid hasn't grown up? This kid yep. is still the brutal animal that he was yep. and that this girl knew he was. And it's just, oh, it's just heartbreaking yeah. from, from her, from like you just, I, I, uh, yeah. I, and that's what I meant when I said at the start, like this, I hated this guy. He's yeah. such an awful yeah, man. Yeah. Um, but you, through the course of the film, you kind of mm. like with a lot of gangster films, 
you're meant to, or you're, 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 um, you're along for the ride with them. Mm. And you see that, like you said so well before about the, they 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 come from nothing. They're pulling themselves up. Yep. They're getting one over on the cop as little kids. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of, and you know, you've seen their friend get shot, shot down in the street. Yep. You know, they have no support system. No, no, um, they've been given the worst hand, you know, in this life. Mm. And so you start to root for them when they start to build themselves up. Yep. Um, and then it's just all torn down in that moment, not only in that scene, but also in the scene where even though they're killing gangsters in the scene mm. after they do the diamond heist, like yeah. it's so um, violent and so vulgar and so yes. just like, uh, yeah, you yeah. just, you, Leone's just like, yeah, these guys are terrible. Yeah. You shouldn't be, we shouldn't be um, rooting for them, rooting for them or putting, putting yeah. them up as like martyrs or any kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. heroes or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on, on the head there. Yeah, it, like it lures you in with all the glitz and glamour and then juxtaposes it with these really hard to watch, hard to stomach images. Yeah, and also and with like, the and like music. They don't, they don't sort of, they never, you never see them celebrating that much. Like, especially De Niro after that car scene. Mm. It's not like he's like, hey, I'm top of the world. No. Instead, he's just like, well, now I still, I just feel empty yeah. again. Yeah. And he's got this, he's just staring at this, like he's almost at the beach, I think, and he's just staring at the water and there's like mm. nothing for him to see. Mm. And he's like this tiny little speck in the frame. Mm. You think, wow, there's really yeah, crime doesn't pay, does it? No, Being a monster guy, really this, doesn't get this you. Guy much. Is, uh, this guy's pathetic. He's he's yeah. he's like a parasite. Emotionally he's, stunted. He's awful. I guess that's the benefit of not seeing them grow up. Is you think, well, they're still kids. Yeah, I think that's they're why they do matured. it. I think yeah. that's why they do it, and I think that yeah, um, it's all kind of foreshadowed in that scene where you know she mm. she calls him like a cockroach. Basically, yeah. and she refers to Max as his mother. It's like your mother's calling. Yeah, it's another like sort of reference to his like childlike yeah no demeanor um, yeah. and that's why i think <laughs> i was conflicted after watching it because i was like is it weird that we make films like these films are about mm. these really awful people i was like no i think this is i think this is the best example that i've seen of of the director tr trying his best to mm. be like i'm i'm uh this guy is yes he's complicated yes mm. he's you know come from a bad background but like he had choices he mm. made the wrong choices yep he could have he could have been better, mm. like and you know he shouldn't be he shouldn't be held up on a pedestal kind mm. of thing. Mm. There's something else I wanted to mention around that idea, but um, while I think about it, I was going to say, have you given much thought, or do you do you land what side of the fence do you land on when it comes to the opium dream theory? Have you seen that or read about that? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. What I think you, it's. What do you think about it? I think it's too easy of a read. Okay, and it'd be like, so the idea is. Uh, the film ends on a flashback to him back in the opium den, mm. um, taken here to that sweet, sweet opium. Which, and by the way, looks like the hardest drug to do, like in terms of just like how much you have to puff on that. Damn you got to puff on the thing, you got to have your neck all bent and yeah, crooked. It looks but really um, bad. But um, oh, no, it's definitely worth the price of entry once you get that hit. <laughs> you know, don't say that. <laughs> uh, Tripod does not endorse in any way the consumption of illicit drugs. Um, unless you're cool. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. Uh, where, where were we going with this? I think it's like an interesting theory, but like it's not like there's not like he's left a lot of elaborate clues that lean into that. It's just you could read it that way. I, and I, again, in that, there's that in that same doco, they mentioned that Leone. Um, pointed that out to uh, like a curious audience member who mm. was like, what does the film mean? Mm, mm. And he was like, well, you could read it as like 
Uh, maybe an opium-induced... Oh, no, 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 no. Mm. Uh, don't tell me. I don't mm. want to know. Mm. Mm. And then he walks away. So once I heard that Leone actually kind of... Maybe he didn't come up with the theory, but like that he had humored with it himself. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, okay, there's, there's merit to it. But no, nah, I think I think there's more interesting reads, personally. What about well, you? Well, I want to hear the more interesting reads because okay. I, I fell hook, line, and sinker for it, basically. Ooh. Bas- because So because what point... What parts are a dream and what parts so are reality? So at one point, I was like, the whole thing is a dream. Okay. Even the childhood cool. stuff. Ah. Because it's it's De Niro imagining his childhood in a way that is more sympathetic. Like all this, it started, uh, I, and I've never been one to to go with like, it. It's, it was all a dream the Conspiracy kind yeah. of, it's all a dream. Like I just yeah, think yeah. that's not interesting. But I, I've now kind of hit a middle ground where I'm like, I do believe that the future that he imagines as an old man is all is all his imaginings, like all a dream. <sighs> so he, so basically the film exists in reality from childhood to when he is, you know, in his thirties as a gangster, he betrays his friends um, and then goes, because he can't deal with that decision, goes and, and, and gets a hit of opium. Uh, and then the dream starts from there about his future where he kind of alleviates all the guilt from that mm. he's feeling, not only about betraying his friends and killing them all yep. through his tip off to the police, mm. but also through his treatment of, um, Deborah, mm. um, and how she is kind of ageless in that yep. sequence of as being a successful actor. Mm. Um, she they never mention the the awful history bet- between them, and I feel like there's there's moments like uh, towards the end where obviously the end with James Woods character Max walking out um, by the truck and kind of mm. disappearing. Yep. No one's I haven't seen anyone mention this, but that's exactly how we see him introduced as well. Where he's introduced on the back of that wagon, the yeah. 1910s version of a truck, like riding along. Oh, yeah. And I love that he then exits frame the opposite way in this new modern vehicle, oh, and yeah. we don't know where he goes. And that was kind of so phantom esque, kind of like dreamlike, mm. followed immediately by the 1920s cars that come through the street, which are so period specific to when mm. Noodles grew up that don't match where he is now because he's in like the late 60s. Yeah. So that stuff. Was really dreamlike. Um, it's like Inception when the train goes to the dream. Yeah, and then the dreams collapse. Yeah, and then the and then <laughs> the yeah. Well, exactly, and and just the sentiment that Noodles is basically like, um, come up with this dream or this idea that that Max didn't die. He basically, uh, yeah, faked his death in order to to create this new life, and Noodles is basically imagining this as like, okay, so even though I betrayed them. He betrayed me first and he got he got our friends killed hmm. and he took all my money and he made me think that I'd done this for 30 years. Uh. And so he's the real the real kind of villain of this. And um, then and then also the fact that it cuts back to to De Niro in the opium den as, as the final moment of him kind of going into this dream. Hmm. It, I do agree that with what you're saying is like it's kind of an easy take. Yeah, but I do love how it was executed, regardless. Because I didn't, I didn't get that take on my own. I wasn't watching yeah. it, being like, "Oh, that's what happened." I was yeah. just watching it, and then I read all this stuff, and I kind of yeah. got convinced about that. Those those elements. Mm. Also, certainly... just the idea yeah. that Leone made James Woods walk towards that truck, but it wasn't actually James Woods. It was yeah. like a stand-in mm. because, and it was, it wasn't because James Woods wasn't there. It was because Leone was like. No, I, don't, I want the audience to be a bit confused about who it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like in dreams where it's like, yeah. you were there, but you weren't there. Like, <laughs> it was ju- it was you, James, but it, it wasn't, wasn't you, you. You know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I agree. It could there be like an easy read. There was bits of James but... Coburn in there. And <laughs> it was all sort of mixed up. Yeah. What What is your, what's your, like, thoughts on that plus your thoughts on, like, what, what else it could be? Because I, I think you probably have a far more kind of 
inspired or I don't know, interesting. What 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 do you think? Oh, gangsters and shit. Just the whole thing happens. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. (laughs) You know, that's that's basically my takeaway. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, and I have. hmm, I hesitate to get into it without like going through the plot first almost because we want to go through the plot in a way that is like kind of coherent and then even you can maybe like put that at the start yeah let's footnote this interpretation thing but like i'll just say really quickly like i sort of agree with the sentiment of that yes reading but like just not in in as much of a literal literal way basically um but a lot of that i pretty much agree with in in a lot of ways but yeah yeah maybe we would get through the plot first because a lot of people well People who listen to this without actually watching the movie, they might be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Do you know I saw this movie? I saw this movie. When is this set? I'm so confused. So my first experience... James Wood's a character? Is he the actor? I don't know what's going on. (laughs) My first experience seeing this movie was actually uh, in the background um, because at my... partner's house where it was just on in the background oh, and wow. as we were eating dinner or having a chat or whatever it was just kind of on silent on the tv and yeah. i remember what but the sequence that it was was like at the start when they're all kids and they oh. get they get one over on the cop well, hoodlums yeah, they yeah take yeah. the photo and i was like oh, wow. what is this movie i was like wow. what is going on did so, it seem really intense and like scary to you as a kid uh no no i wasn't a kid i was oh. i was a uh, I i was it was like a couple years ago oh, okay, okay um but it was the sequence where they're all kids okay, yeah, okay. and i only saw I only saw from basically when he goes to the bathroom, yeah, and he the he meets uh, what's her, what's her name the girl that they all oh. really like. Oh, I can't remember. It's like Betsy you, or something Betsy like or something. that. Or... Um, yeah, I was. She's <laughs> taking a bath. Yeah, that's what I said to you. I was like, "Did you see George Costanza's mum?" <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "No." I was like, "She's taking a bath." Um, yeah, that's wow. that's Mrs. Costanza. Um, yep. With with white hair, that's why she looks different because she doesn't have that uh, shock of red, yeah, kind of yeah, pinkish yeah, hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So I saw from there to about when okay. they get the cop, when they get the negative of the cop, and and sc- scuttle off into the into the streets. Okay, right. So I was like, "What is this movie? This is weird." I, and again, I didn't have I, that kind of is a is a example of how the audience might have seen it in America, where they're like, yeah. "Why are we watching these kids? Why, yeah. why are they, what are the what's going on?" Like, I don't care about kids. Um, and the kids for me was the hardest thing to watch because I mean. It's it, like Leone seems to have like a pretty particular, maybe not heightened, but a particular like style of acting where it's like very fairy they're not playing, yeah, they're not playing, yeah. they're not playing it straight or real. They're playing fairy tale characters in a lot mm. of ways, um, and that, which makes sense. I mean, the title's called Once Upon a Time in America. It's a fairy tale kind of title, mm. um, and that would be hard to get kids to do very, very convincingly, especially if they have to do ADR, which they've probably never done. Yeah, um, I don't know how old a lot of the child actors were, but I feel like it would have been a struggle for them. And for me, it was one of the harder parts to get through. Mm. But I was already so hooked by that opening, and just by knowing where they all end up. I was like, oh, I need to I need to see where these I can I can sit through the accents and everything and some of the corny dialogue. Mm. I can sit through that because I want to know where this ends up. Yeah. Um so yeah, for me it was it's a it's a harder thing to get into and that's why I'm glad I watched the <laughs> the cut as it was, well the movie as it was meant to be presented, mm. but um let's talk plot. Let's talk plot, baby. This is a movie set in New York, uh opens in a in the sort of Jewish ghetto. That's where the main Stages of this Jewish ghetto in uh, New York. 1918 is um, when we meet the uh, cast as children. Filmed in Rome, by the way, all this stuff. The, the interiors, yeah. Oh, the interiors. The interiors. They yeah, did yeah, do yeah. some exteriors in Rome, I think, because that's, that's Probably. why like, the, it was really strange to be filming in like Those, what was meant to be Brooklyn, but definitely. it was in Rome. Yeah. F- by the way, all right, I'm going to sidebar. I mean, this is the most beautiful fucking film as well. Is, yeah. is it not? Man, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, And that's another great juxtaposition between the 
bullshittery of the main yeah. characters is it's just so beautiful yeah you walk away going man that man, those guys it's, are dicks but that shot of the brooklyn bridge though it, was something it's huh? a fairy tale but it's like it's like the brothers grim fairy tale it's like yeah, a, yeah it's, it's a like way of it's it. like a gorgeous film the soundtrack is i yeah. think the maybe the best i've ever heard yeah it's so wonderfully yeah like absorbing and escapist into this like you just feel like you're being drawn like but but and and like you said like so contrasting mm. like he leone loves using really beautiful music scored to such horrific events or characters or whatever and that can that can come across in a way where you're like mm. i see what you're doing leone you're trying to make me fall in love with this awful person but it's 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 almost the opposite where just so like, you can hurt me he's like this is what movies do Huh? He's like, this is what movies do. They make yeah. people look, they make these yeah. awful people look like yeah. heroes. Yeah. And they're not. They're villains. He does um, that. Yeah. He loves how movies can do things. Yeah. I, uh, the, the, the music is so uplifting and oh, so beautiful music. in one way. And then oh. so heart wrenching in the, like that pan flute, like mm. we've already talked about, like that, Haunting that is, and... I think maybe the best single piece of music that I've heard for a movie. Wow. Hot take. It is so good. And so wow. it, I think, do you know why I love it so much is because it sums up perfectly the feeling that I have in my body when I watched it, this film, because it was so unsettling yeah, and so nerve wracking yep. and so like sparse. It was just like, oh man, I mm. can't even like, it was that, that pan flute section. Yeah. And that's just, that's. If you're not going to watch the, the movie folks, yeah. do yourself a favor and just listen to the soundtrack. It's on the same level yeah. as the, the kind of, um the really intense music that plays in Once Upon a Time in the West whenever, like, kind mm. of harmonica shows up. Yeah. It's it's on that same plane. Well put. Especially that especially that comment on the on the grim fairy tale thing. It's like if every other gangster film is like Red Riding Hood, the fairy tale, as you know it, this is like the creepy, like, Scandinavian or German yeah. origin story that that fairy tale was based yeah. off of <laughs> with, like, some yeah. creepy, like, woodsman who's, like, yeah, yeah, burns yeah. the house down or some yeah, shit. Yeah, 100%. Who has like I don't know, fucking teeth for fingers or some <laughs> shit? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it's Grimshot. <laughs> like it's that kind of like. It's Grimshot. <laughs> no. Yes. Still children away. Um. Yeah. The film has a very cold open. Uh. We have. Are oh, you checking the time? No, no, no. Could ignore me. Okay. Oops. Good. 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 I try, but you're just so alluring. <laughs> you can't look away. <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> He's like a pan flute made manifest. <laughs> um, uh, we have a cold open where a woman who we don't even know is very unceremoniously shot down by mm. three gangsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How's You're like, who is this person? Oh, okay. Never mind. Mm. That sucks. Really, 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 really cold. You And like, just, okay, you're in. Welcome to the movie. Welcome to the, there's no like, I mean, even, even like once upon a time in the West had a, you know, um, a, an opening that was, you know, pulled back from something compared to like the the uh, the Dollars trilogy openings with the with the dynamic titles and everything. Yeah, it's like he's pulling the openings back and back and back mm. and back, and now it's just like all right and death. Yeah, and he darkness loved, and light and death. Bam. He that's what this this film stands out from those other two because he gets into yeah. it so quick. Oh like yeah, he loves starting with those conflict, those bad those those characters yeah. who are like. You know the train station in in West, or the mm. the wagon, um, the the wagon theft in in Dynamite, yeah. and then this in in yeah. like this one gets into it immediately. But mm. he loves starting with those very juxtaposing characters of like mm. 
here's your good guy, here's your bad guy. Yep. Who do we like? He doesn't. It's white hat, black hat. Here we go. Who's gonna win? Like, and yeah. you know, who's got the fastest gun? Yeah. So this is a similar opening in that it has three men who we don't know, mm. um, but they just immediately and unceremoniously shoot down this woman who we later learn is called Eve. Mm. Um, they're looking for a man named Noodles, and that's the character played by Rob De Niro. Amazingly played. Bobby. Bobby. Baby. I just saw you in that film, Once Upon a Time in America. Revelation. They really have you do that opium or what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I can't do a Robert De Niro impression. Like, the only way I can do a De Niro impression is like everyone else, which is just doing the face. Just doing the eyes. Yeah, Yeah. just in the face and like the weird, well, not weird, but like the curled face thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty much everyone's impression of him and mm. crooking the neck. Yeah. So I can't do that on a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> they're looking for noodles played by Robert De Niro. Um, we then cut to another like harsh opening for the second scene is, uh, a guy very cruelly called Fat Mo <laughs> his entire life. <laughs> his entire life. <laughs> yeah. Since he was a boy. <laughs> um, this character who we learned is. Fat Mo, played by... Oh, what is it? oh it's a, I, I've looked Someone I've he never heard of. He has not done really anything Larry, much, Larry Rapp? Rapp, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. No offense to Larry Rapp, but yeah, like, not the strongest part of the film. He he, say? he overplays it a little bit, but I feel like it yeah. does suit the film. I actually really okay. liked him oh, and his character. I, I, I felt like character, he was. Yeah. I felt like he was potentially, and not to get... Had to get too bogged down know. in the weeds. Well, I just felt like he was maybe like a representative of like an, a typical audience member for these gangster films, where he's like he's not a gangster himself, yeah. but he's like he's like the kind of guy who's like ah anything for you, but anything for you, uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, um, Maxi or anything for you, you know, that is you know he's like very true. He, he lifts them up to be this kind of like gods among men, where he's like it was always you, man, my, my 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 brother, you know, and this yeah. is a, noodles is treated. His family, his sister, yeah, like dirt, and it, yes. you know, and is is uh is not a good guy like we've no. like we've gone over, but 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 uh for whatever reason, Fat Mo is like sees him as this god among men yes. of this like guy who's like ah he's always got the plan or he's always you know anything yeah, yeah. for you like he'll you know he'll literally keep that his is... secrets he he didn't didn't betray him at all like Fat Mo yeah. is not a gangster like I said and yet no. he doesn't break like he stays. Mm. He's gonna he's gonna die in that room unless someone comes and gets him. So yeah, that is so true, and I hadn't I had not thought of that. Mm. But that that is so true. He gives them all a pass. He is he is a conduit for the audience member, surely, mm. because it's like heavily implied he knows what yeah. De Niro or Noodles did to his sister. Mm. And yeah. there's that I mean, scene right where he's awkwardly standing behind him with the scissors, oh, and you're like, oh man, my god, you just know room. they all know. Yeah. And he gives him a pass. Yeah. It's like, oh well. Eh, it's noodles, which is us, you know, which is us. Like, We're like, yeah. well, this is a fucking awful guy, but I'll yeah. watch the movie. Yeah, that's sure, why, why not? That's yeah. why I really liked him. Yeah. Wow, very well put. Um, yeah, so he's being tortured. He's being beaten the fuck mm. up um, by these gangsters who we don't even know. They're looking for noodles. We find out apparently noodles um, was, I think it's a hood. Is that, that where the name of the book comes from? He basically like he dobbed in his his friends. Uh, he was a rat. Oh, he was right. a rat. I, I think that's where was like hoods. neighborhood slash hoodlums kind of like. I might be misremembering, yeah. but I th- I thought that was the case. So Maybe, a hood is remem- someone who who snitches basically. Is that I think saying? though. Okay, I, I think so. Cool. Um, do your own research, folks. I don't, I don't <laughs> fucking know. I didn't even watch the movie. Okay, <laughs> I read Wikipedia. No. Um. Anyway, these 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 gangsters are looking for noodles who um ratted on his friends. Apparently, we then see noodles hiding out in an opium den. In a, in a Chinese theater. He's warned that the gangsters are coming for him uh, and he escapes. 
uh, takes one of the gangsters out with him, saves his friend Fat Mo, and grabs a set of keys. And he says, "I'm getting out of town." Mm. Basically, um, goes to a locker in like Grand Central Station, mm. and this suitcase. Man, this thing had me hooked for so long. Mm. This, this whole mystery. Mm. He opens up this suitcase with this key he has, and he finds it's empty. It's full of like newspaper clippings mm. or something like that. We assume there's meant to be a whole bunch of money in there. Yeah, and the face he has, like the the subtle like, he doesn't. He does a good job of acting surprised without showing any much on his face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like, it's not like he slaps like his cheeks and goes, Oh, Dios mío. Where's yeah, the... We know he's surprised, but we don't know what Spanish? about. Uh-oh. Dios... <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no, the police are. Oh. <laughs> Get those ignorant bastards. <laughs> um, he's, he's uh, I don't want to say Mamma Mia. That's, that's worse even in a way. He doesn't go, ah, oh, fuck, the money's no, gone. No, no, no. He doesn't it's, look at the all, camera and say, oh, very, the money's very, gone. It's very Leone. He knows exactly the amount yes. to give you to be to yes. be hooked, but not to be given yes. every answer that you need. Like it's an it's, exemplar of the rule. One plus one equals... Intrigue. And then the audience yeah. does the The rest. audience does the math. Don't Even give them they the don't answer. they don't know they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well put. Um, so money that we that should be there is not there. And so he goes up to the, the ticket salesman. What do you call it? Ticket... He goes to a ticket guy and he's yeah, like, yeah. give me a ticket, first Conductor bus going the... anywhere. Yeah. And he leaves town. And then I thought we get a slight a flashback. Because he yeah, yeah. like, he's like, first ticket out of town, he's like, Buffalo? I thought he was going to be like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Uh, and now people will start to understand why this film is hard to sort of talk through. Yeah. Because we get a slight flashback, probably like we assume maybe a day before or like hours before mm. to... The betrayal that mm. Noodles seems to have done, which is he's calling the police, his three friends, which, you know, we've been given clues to understand this all in the film, have been killed in some mm. sort of shootout. Mm. Um, his three friends being Max, played by James Woods. Woods. Um, Cockeye, I think his name is Philip, but everyone calls mm. him Cockeye because he's got like a squint, mm. played by uh, Forsyth, mm-hmm. William Forsyth. And then Patsy, played by... Some guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the some guy. It's James Hayden. James Hayden, that's right. He has the most Australian name, in my opinion. That is an Australian name. Like, oh, Hayden, bro. What the yeah. fuck are you doing? Yeah. Oh, my name's James, man. Yeah. Hayden, you can't. You doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, they've been gunned down in some kind of shootout. That does sound like an Australian wicketkeeper name kind of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's James Hayden at the at, at the, the crease. At the crease yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you filled that in because I don't know anything <laughs> about cricket, and I was about to go at the uh, at the uh, and just sort of trail off into nothing. Okay, um, cover from Hayden Lee. This is going to be a two-parter episode, I yeah, think, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> just getting through half the plot. We'll need an intermission. We should do that. Have a little intermission. In that the was oh, that was what I was going to say. Yeah. By the way, is the intermission after the awful assault on yeah. Deborah is so well-timed because even though it's like two and a half hours into the movie, it's like, well, it's all three and a half, it's like three yeah. hours into a four hour film. So it's not in the middle, yeah. Yeah. but it is directly after the moment where the audience would just be like, you know, eyes and mouth agape of just like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. I remember that we're watching these, evil, you know, like that right. kind of gut punch mm-hmm. to, 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 to draw the curtains down again. Leone knew what he was doing. His editor knew it's what he was doing. It's almost like he's a good filmmaker, you know, almost. it's like he knows what he's doing. And then we flash forward to the 70s. So that was, we were in the 30s just before, 1933, I think, is when Prohibition ended, so mm. around then. And then we 
flash forward to the 70s. Um, Noodles is now an old man. We hear Yesterday playing in the background. Mm. Do you hear that? Yeah. And it worked so well. It worked so well. Like, and they, they take out all of the lyrics except for like just Yesterday and Troubles or something like yeah. that. Like they leave in certain words and it yes. works so well. It's it insane. And that, I'm guessing that was like Ennio did a... His own rendition. Of I think yesterday. so because it's not. I don't think it's Lennon. Like it's yeah. not. It's definitely, and it's not Beatles esque. It's more kind of operatic. And, yeah, yeah. It's and so as soon, yeah, I mean, good, good I was recall. already hooked. I totally forgot about that. As element. soon as I heard that, I was like, "This is going to be a movie and a half." <laughs> and like, it sucked because, like I said before, father-in-law, my essential father-in-law, yeah, <laughs> was around and he had the living room. So I was like, "I need to watch this long movie. I don't want to bore you with it. Mm. I want to go into my room and watch it." And so I watched like two hours of the film on my laptop, which, you know, it's 16 inches. It's okay, but you can't watch this on a... No. And I was like, it sucked because I was like, I don't want to stop. I want to keep going and, like, give this film, you know, I want to, like, let it play itself out, basically. Yeah. But I was also like, I can't watch this on this fucking no, computer. No, I can I see watch it on at Scorsese least. weeping as you say this, like, or, and Tarantino. Like, all of them. All these filmmakers who love this, yeah, this yeah. film. Just being Leone like, just rolled in his grave. He was like, oh! <laughs> He's going to haunt me now. Um, uh, oh, what? I'm <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. I bumped the mic. Um, and then that, that kicks off the plot. Um, for some reason, Noodles is back in New York. We don't know why. Noodles says that someone from his past has learned of his identity. Mm. Um, he's taken on a new name, obviously, to avoid being you know, shot down and killed. Um, but someone has reached out to him and he doesn't know who. Very similar to um, Henry Fonda's character in um, in Once Upon a Time in the West. The problem is he's just too curious. He wants to know what's mm. the deal here. Why? Like, why does someone want me? Because he could avoid. He could just like change his name again, move to a different state. Mm. But now he's curious. He wants to know what's going on. Yeah, uh, this, and then this, this that's part, I think, pretty much to... that. Pretty much cues the first flashback to their childhood. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that moment with Fat Mo <clears throat> in that in that scene and how Fat Mo treats him so hospitably is like speaks to the dream element again, where this yeah. is potentially Noodles' imagination of oh, Fat Mo will still be there for me. Like even though I've been uh, an awful man uh, to his sister and uh, family and whatever, like yeah. he'll still be there. Like and so like kind of again like kind of alleviate um, uh, stripping himself of his sins, yeah. kind of you know. Yeah, and but but I think correct me if I'm wrong. Is the last we see of Fat Mo in the middle timeline? Mm. Is the last we see of him in that scene where he's like stirring the tea and like that we know that like because it's like the you feel yeah, like the relationship so. even though like Fat Man Fat Mo knows but you well technically the last time we see him is him being tortured. Oh yeah, of course. Well, he does give him up. Yeah, it's he does give him up. He does <clears> say he's in the, he's hiding out in the Chinese theater eventually. Oh, he does. Of course, he does. Because yeah, he's sorry. he has sorry. a gun pushed into his face yes. but like I mean he holds out pretty well yeah he does his face looks like it's been bitten by a thousand bees it's like bare grills <laughs> by the way the blood in this movie is so weird oh yeah did you notice that no 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 I thought it was pretty I thought it was good but it yeah. was just like so um, thick and really really pinky red like really bright red do you remember that shot from the 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 um the the doco where he's like there's a there's a behind the scenes photo of Leone like, yeah, like pouring blood yeah yeah I love he's Leone got this was like in... ketchup jar he's like hey. excuse me there's photos of of Leone doing basically everything in this film yeah. like showing the actors this is where I want you this is like pointing he's literally pointing the gun in <sighs> Fatmo's mouth at one stage would have been such a joy seeing that guy work this, this Santa Claus like figure just walking around saying I want it to look like this crazy and go under there like this yeah crazy Genius. detail how much he knew what was what was going to happen in his <sighs> scene. Robbed. They robbed his Once Upon a Time in America from him. That's okay. You can put it back together. 
<laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> uh, librarian's like, yes, it does. <laughs> get out. Get out. Uh, so yeah, that cues the first flashback, and then we see them as kids. Um, I guess I won't go into too much detail of their like whole um, childhood arc. Yeah, but basically, they're supposed to say they're hoodlums, and they want to be hoodlums, but they they're, they're you know, clever. They 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 want to they, make their way in the world. Yeah, and the what yeah. the make the the way they make their way is to basically uh, come up with schemes and ideas mm. for them to be able to work for the the guy really in charge, mm. who's not Bugsy, but is like this other kind of crime lord, crime boss. Yeah. Um, they work out how they can insert themselves into his operation and, and make a bit of money on the side. So basically yep. they come up with this scheme to make it so that this guy is not losing all of the, the hooch that he's like um, smuggling into the into the, into America with that salt. Where's the hooch? So the, yeah, yeah. The, salt, the salt thing is basically they tie up. So when the, when the gangsters get found with the booze by the mm. cops, by the Coast Guard, essentially they throw it overboard and instead of losing their whole shipment, mm. the kids come up with this way of being like, well, if we put salt... As if we put a boy on the um, on the booze mm. and also put this um, salt bag underneath mm. it, it will weigh the the booze down enough so that it's under the surface of the mm. water. But when the salt dissolves, mm. the weight of that salt will then like it will li- it will be null and void, and the boy will send the we'll booze back, back to up. the top. Genius. Yeah. So they're they're, so they're, they're, they're you know they're making their way. They're 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 um they're basically you know putting themselves into this system by nothing but mm. their wit and their ingenuity and their yep. you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, creativity. We also established that um, uh, Noodles, he's got an eye for Deborah, just mm. Fat Mo's sister. Mm. Yeah, he, he loves her. Um, she's like, and again, she's like this fairy tale figure. You know, she dancing is dancing yeah. in the flower yeah. with this like uh, ballet. Um, it's very, it it's very tropey, very kind of tired. Um, which yeah. because this movie's in the eighties, maybe we can. It's almost like it a, where it's like yeah. That the girl is alone and pure and dancing, and that's all she like. It's yeah. it's not a very um, it's not a super well rounded character in terms of, but it kind of sits. It suits the time frame, not mm. only of when this was made, but when it's yep. set. Of like, you know, yeah. yeah, I buy that this girl would be into kind of dancing and acting and mm-hmm. and performance. Mm-hmm. And so I love this. I love where she does it as well because they're probably not making yeah. a lot of money in this yeah. delicatessen, even though it's quite busy. But she just has to do it in the back room with all this flour. Yeah. And like yeah. every time they go into the room, there's more kind of produce. There's like apples on the stage. Yeah. Once they, like all this stuff. Yeah. Um, Very dreamlike. I mean, the apples reminded me of Ivan's childhood, which, you know, Tarkovsky wrote the book on dream logic in mm-hmm. a movie. Really good. Then they make a lot of money. They enter sort of like a, what is it? Like a, is it a Tong Tien, essentially. With the the bag of money, they go. None of us can access this. Yeah, money. the the deal. It's for the, the gang contract. only. Yeah, yeah, they enter a contract where yeah. it's like these five members of the gang. We uh, keep the, all like, we keep the key at Fat Mo's. We never yep. tell him what it's for, but he can never give it to us without all of us there. Yeah. And then immediately, um, the youngest of their gang, their gang, as we've talked about, I think previously, is is killed. Is killed by Bugsy. Yep. What, what was his name? They only mention it once. Uh, I think when he says there are two things I thought about in the joint, one of them was like Deborah, and the other one was the fact that. Uh, uh, Dominic. Dominic. Yeah, Dominic's yeah, yeah. last Dominic. words. I slipped. Oh yeah, I Oof. slipped. So good. So, so good. true as well. Cause uh, yeah, oh, so good. Such yeah. a good scene. Yeah, it is a great scene. God damn. Um. And with the killing of Dominic, goes the killing of their innocence as children. Beautifully said. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and then and then um. Yeah. Uh, so then noodles is arrested. Forward into yeah, noodles arrest. Yeah. Basically, noodles put it put away for 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 a decade and a half. Yeah. 
13 years or so. That's right. Before we before we see um, his Noodles, release. Re- yeah, before we see his release, we flash forward again in time to the 70s. Yep. Where Noodles, as an old man, uh, visits the mausoleum where his friends are buried. Yeah, and that's kind of the way this film is set up. Where in the last, in that when he's an, an old man, he's basically just revisiting these areas mm. of his past to try and put put together the answer of like mm. who sent me this letter, who's getting me to do this mysterious yep. job, what is this job, yeah. why do I, you know? All that part of the part of the um, the the conceit or the trick of this mysterious figure who's contacted um, mm. Noodles is um, he's done it as under the guise of a rabbi who's like notifying him that, hey, your friends or people you knew were buried here. This plot's being moved to here. So just so you know, but um, I can't quite remember the details of it, but Noodles figures out that that can't be right and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, Maybe I think it doesn't match up because uh, the he should have received the letter yeah, months right. ago or something yeah, like that that's or recently. Right. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't match up with the what The timeline doesn't figure out. Got. Yeah. 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 And there's that yeah. great scene where the graveyard, the, gra- oh, the yeah. tombstone r- rises up in yeah. front of him. Yeah, that's so like, good. Yeah. I wish it was a coffin and then like a skeleton like just all over <laughs> They want me to cancel coffin fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just body uh, after body of <laughs> busting out of shit wood and hitting pavement. <laughs> we can film them being naked because they don't got no souls. <laughs> they think uh, I staged this shit. I didn't do nothing. I, I didn't, didn't do shit. shit. Yeah, he misses he visits the mausoleum. This is where the first restored scene appears oh okay what happened uh not much basically he's um while he's there as you know he finds a key in the mausoleum Mm. and he also finds a plaque that says this mausoleum was built by him his name his real name is david whatever yes i think yeah yeah, yeah. um and he's like well i definitely (laughs) david whatever (laughs) david whatever yeah it's a common jewish name whatever uh he but he's like i obviously i didn't build this so someone's doing some kind of weird elaborate ruse Mm. he finds the key um, which he recognizes and is like, this is the key that opens the locker, which was empty, yeah. you know, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, he grabs it. The first restored scene is, I don't know the actor's name, but she plays Nurse Ratchet in One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest. She appears mm. and she's sort of this cemetery attendant and mm. she just gives him a bit more background onto who built the plot and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if you saw any of this. I guess you see a little bit of it, but there's also this car that's following... De Niro's character. We don't see the driver or anything like that, but there's this car that's following him, and he just writes down the number plates. No, like, this yeah, wasn't in the this. this wasn't in the cut I saw okay. at all. Yes, yeah, so that's one None extra thing. Was. Is there's this car following him? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then after that, he goes to the locker mm. in Grand Central Station, opens it up, finds a suitcase there, and what does he find in the suitcase? Lots and lots of money. Cold hard cash, yeah. baby. Yeah, Did a million dollars worth. In that in that mausoleum scene and as well, I thought there was a little bit of a foreshadowing, but maybe it's too obvious. Huh. Where his shadow, I only took it as meaning something because Leone loves the visual stuff. Yeah. But De Niro's shadow mm-hmm. covers Max's name, so it just says million. And I thought that was because uh, his name's Maximilian, and I thought that was some kind of like it was Max. He took the money. Like the uh, Max Million, because that's how much money they had originally million, as, a yeah. ki- as kids. Um, I and just, it's yeah. a shadow, which is literally in the name foreshadowing. Mm. I mean, probably. I mean, that, that might, there must be something there. I mean, yeah. Million is way too. That's like, what's so good about like these like epic master filmmakers, yeah. though, is that every everything you could potentially get meaning out of, even if they didn't really. Yeah. Like their work yeah, precedes good, them, yeah. where like their yeah. reputation is like 
so strong that you're like, everything must mean something. And yeah. maybe they're just like, no, I just, the, we couldn't get the shadow out of the shot that day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, know? there's so many fun examples of that as well. I'm blanking on them all now, but yeah. Yeah, no, good films are good because they're good. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie, uh, this movie <laughs> made me like movies. Uh, it's good and good and uh, the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, inside inside the, the suitcase, a million dollars with a note saying forward payment for your next job. Mm. So he sort of, there's this weird like specter that's like toying with him. Mm. And like, he could just leave and Fat Mo even implores him. He's like, you, you got the money, get, get out of here. Get out. Get out of town. But he's like, nope. I want to know. Mm. He's just too damn curious. And there's that great scene of him walking under the bridge oh. as an old man where he's so scared. Yes. Um, he's like looking he's over his money. shoulder. And it's such a great, like you don't, uh. you you see him as kind of like a boy again in this way that he's like, holy shit, I just got so much money. And he just, you can see him like literally white knuckling the briefcase, like holding yeah. onto it. And um, then there's the frisbee that throws over his head. Yeah. It's a really weird sound effect. That's yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Why are they playing frisbee? Who's playing frisbee? I don't know. Like, Under the bridge at night. At night. <laughs> it's a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was one of the weirdest that, shots. That feels like a, you know, a, like just the same way like Leone thought that everyone was saying, duck you sucker yeah. in America. He's yeah. like, yeah, everyone plays frisbee yeah. at night under the bridge. That's pretty common. I've yeah. seen people do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also now like a New York, a New York. <laughs> but then that's, that, that also helps with the transition from you, what you think is the briefcase getting nicked to actually what is happening, which is Max back in the in the thirties, yep, taking the, the briefcase from uh, from Noodles what when he gets cut. out of yeah oh, when yes. he gets out of the uh, the prison. Yeah, um, Noodles is no longer a boy, um, although in some ways he still is. Mm. But physically, he's an adult. <laughs> although in some ways, he's <laughs> but in a truer, realer way, yeah. he is an adult now. Yeah. Um, he's just gotten out of prison, and yeah, this is like we we said before. It's the Max and Kokai and Patsy, they've all had their rise to power off screen. We miss it all. So mm. we are not invested in it at all. They're just already at the top. Mm. And Noodles is just invited in to go along for the ride, basically. Yeah. Um they've got their own they've got their own like laundering businesses now. Like they've got a funeral a home business, um, very Ozark like. Uh, <laughs> and um, they run a they run a speakeasy where they sell alcohol. Um, yeah, oh yeah, for for those who don't know, in, between the years I can't remember when nineteen in the nineteen twenties to the nineteen thirties, there was the Homestead Act, which mm. prohibited the sale of alcohol in America. Mm. Prohibition, prohibition, baby. Um, yeah, that's kind of they rode that boat or they yeah. they rode that all the way to the top basically. They're, yeah. they're, and you know the fact that there was prohibition meant that there was much like you know illicit drugs now. Mm. Um, yeah. there's, while, while there's a, or there's just because they're illegal doesn't mean there's no demand. And the same was for alcohol back then, which was like, people were like, no, we we're adults. We want to be able to drink. Yeah. Meth for all. That's what I always yeah. say. <laughs> uh, God. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and if prop 20 session has prop 27 passes, opium will be, will be good again, baby. Um, yeah, they, they, De Niro's just like, he's just like a proponent for it. He's like, yeah, it's good. I smoked it on set. It was great. It was great. Um, Opium yeah, they, for the children. They, they they basically tripod does not endorse the, the wholesale and uh, consumption of opium. They basically take uh, ride ride this prohibition train all the way to the top, and they start yeah, yeah they're bootleggers. Yeah, which is fun. I haven't seen a bootlegger movie in ages. Yeah, yeah. I think the best example or the most often example I've seen is the Simpsons episode <laughs> with, with Rex Banner. Rex Banner. Yeah. Uh, some blind tiger selling boots on the side. Yes. <laughs> 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 well, you've all heard her laugh, haven't you? 
Yeah. So good. <laughs> Get him out of here, boys. Um, I'll find you, yeah. dear Baron. That was definitely my first exposure to... Um... Well, this is funny because we were talking about this off mic. Um, yeah, that was my first exposure to Prohibition yeah. as a thing. But The Simpsons was also my first exposure to James Woods <laughs> as a thing. <laughs> As, As the thing. quickie mark guy, yeah. I was like, well, this must be an actor, I guess, from real life, but I have no idea what James Woods is. Yeah. Okay, you're, you're you, I'm me. <laughs> I'm me? Hey, don't jerk oh. me around, sucker. Don't jerk me around here, fella. <laughs> fella. <laughs> I love it how, because this happens so rarely in, like, The Simpsons where people talk over each other. And it's one of those rare examples yeah. where, like, Jimbo's talking to him and he's like, it did feel a little bit contrived. Yeah, yeah. And as he's saying that, James oh, yeah, was like, oh, huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, 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 yeah. Well, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Okay. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, get over here. <laughs> get over here. Yeah. Don't chuck me around. Okay. Um... <laughs> well, that's, and that's 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 I like at the end of this when where James Woods gets on the truck and he's like, "Well, I'm after battle aliens on a while <laughs> Hey, that was a good scene. Didn't see it coming. That sounds like a good movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird how he becomes this weird mythic figure in cartoons. Like again with Family Guy. Yeah, it's they do that a lot thing. with the Simpsons, like Leonard Nimoy though as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Evaporates in front of Barney. <laughs> yeah. Can you do a good Star Trek noise? I mean, not not anywhere near that. Oh, okay. That was amazing. Oh, thanks, man. Can you also do a good, uh, if I pretend to be Marge dreaming about Lee Majors, <laughs> um, can you do that noise where he takes off? Someone needs to do the... It's like... Yeah, it's like... Someone needs to go... One more time. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, wow. These micro-impressions. Um... Yeah, so that's basically the movie. Probably. What? No. I wouldn't know. I, di- I didn't watch it. I oh, just read the God. wiki. <laughs> God. Um, Joe Pesci shows up. Joe Pesci this shows is, up. This is yeah. pretty much where Joe Pesci shows Apparently up. Apparently much, much bigger role in the script than what was given in, what was shown in the film. You'd think so. Well, that's Jesus. what's why, because he originally was going to play, I want to say Max, maybe? He wanted to play, yeah, De Niro or Woods' Noodles character, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Max is right yeah. because he was. De Niro. No, you're right. It's definitely some of that. Yeah. Yep. So, but then because of um, because James Woods was already there and Leone, I think wanted him. He he basically honored the friendship between Pesci and and uh, De Niro and mm. was like, look, uh, look, Pesci, you can take whatever role you want, basically, uh, in, in, in without these two. Yeah. Uh, and Pesci chose. Uh, Frank. That, uh, Frank, Frank's yeah. The name of this character. Uh, and I think yeah, in the script it was a much larger role, and he, even in the film. Like, He's kind of a connection that you know, as as it's kind of one you, what you're on in the in terms of the plot, um, where once Noodles gets out out of prison, he he very much uh, quickly sees that his 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 friends have kind of grown up in this uh, mm. in this world, and they are very much uh, like immediately propositioned with this new job of like, okay, so yep. you know, Frank is a connection. Uh, with this um, guy from what city? Is it another city, or he has a connection with this jeweler? Something like that. Joe, yeah. a, guy, Joe a guy named Joe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, he's got this in. Uh, he knows when this jeweler is going to be moving the shipment of diamonds, yeah. or is going to. He knows the combination. He's basically. This is a great example of using like character and dialogue to get exposition out of the way, mm. because he basically explains how he yeah. knows when these diamonds will be available through this like anecdote. Yeah. And he's like, kind of like he's having his arm twisted to tell it where Frank's yeah. like, come, come on, on, tell me. Such, such a, yeah, that is, yeah. that is such a pesky role as well to just yeah, be like, yeah. hey, come on. It's a great story. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 
Come on. And he's like, well, okay. And the guy's like yeah. chewing the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh. Um, I can't remember the story he tells, but it's a great one. But and it's then, essentially, you get the yeah. sense that it's these, it's it's Max's ambition to branch out and do more, do more jobs, get become bigger. Get connected up. with the Italian mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and Max, uh, sorry, Noodles is kind of like, uh, what are we doing here? Why are yeah. we, why are we, why are we? Mm. Why are we including other people in this? You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it works and it doesn't work having Pesci there because, I mean, it works in the sense that um, Pesci is almost like, I mean, how many gangster films had he done at this point? He was on a pretty good run, but not like, he hadn't done Goodfellas or anything like that, obviously. So for me as an audience member, I was watching it and going, holy shit, this is the this is the real deal. They're in with the big, the yeah, big it's now. such a, it's yeah, Joe Pesci. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Even though he hasn't, like you said, he hadn't yeah. done Casino, he hadn't done yeah, the yeah, films yeah. yet. So for as an audience member watching it now, it works. It works, um, it really does. But in another way, it's also like, you're waiting going, all right, sweet. So when's the scene with him and Bob? You're like, uh, oh, no, you never see him again. No, you're like, oh my God, they're sitting down with one of the wet bandits. Yeah. <laughs> what? From Home Alone. Oh, right. Yeah. I never, I haven't seen, haven't seen Home Alone. Really? That's a big one. We got to do the home trilogy. Um, that is a trilogy. It's not unofficial. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they do three. Oh, they've done many. Um, so many. But yeah, they sit down. They have this meeting where Frank is like, kids stuff. Us out. Yeah, that's a great line got too. This, got this diamond heist for you guys to do. Mm. Um, they do that. Uh, yeah. And we see another, I mean, we should probably mention, content warning out there for people who might be so inclined. Uh, another pretty vicious uh, rape scene. Yeah. In, during this robbery when they take the diamonds. Yeah. I was a bit confused because this character, uh, um, Carol, she she tries to get um, noodles to hit her. She's saying, hit me. They steal the diamonds and then when they go to give the diamonds over to Joe, they double cross him. Um, violently mm. as well. It's like crazy the amount of violence here. It's like yeah. um, a gun at point blank range in Joe's mm. eye, mm. and then they just start mowing them down with the Tommy guns. Mm. Uh, bullet holes everywhere, and then there's that amazing sequence where Noodles chases one of the survivors into this like it's like a cotton factory. Or yeah, something, something like, like a down. Such yeah. beautiful like fucking locations yeah. they get. Like what. It's just and no one's in there, but it's like actively yeah. working. Like just it's fluff weird, and there's this fluff everywhere. just pouring everywhere, yeah. and then like these two loud gunshots, and the guy's just shot down and lands on this like pillow almost. Yeah, yeah, fluff. like he's never gonna be found. Yeah, Noodles had no idea this double cross was coming up. Yeah, um, and he's sort of angry at Max for not filling him in on this. And he this he one. drives them all into the into the ocean, basically. Yeah. I think as a way of being like, well, if we're gonna go for it, I'm full hard. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. go. And they that yeah. 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 Um, I love that line where he says, today they tell me to kill Joe, tomorrow they tell me to kill mm, you, um, mm. which is a great line. Um, yes. But yeah, Max, we clearly get the sense that he's hungry for more and um, he's willing to like, yeah, not feel his friends in all, all, all the way or double cross his friends even to get to the top, basically. Mm. So this is the first sort of micro betrayal that uh, Max does mm. here um, and it sort of sets the stage for future events. But yeah. Pretty cool. And then we get another flash forward, I believe, after. It's a very weird sequence where, for some reason, these characters keep on playing this trick on each other where, like, when they enter a body of water, one of them pretends to drown. Yeah. Happens twice. Where, like, Max does it the first time when they're trying to get the, the alcohol out of the river. Yeah, it happens this time. And it's, like, it's always playing, like, really lovely music, but everyone's like, like looks terrified because they're trying to find their drowned friend. What ha What's the second time it happens? That time where he drives the car into... Oh, you know what? Oh, okay. This is an extended scene. Oh yeah, really? So this plays out. So um this plays out where they drive the they drive the car into the into the water 
and then it's playing that music. It's like yeah. nice and fairy tale like. They're like laughing and having a good time. Right. Just after they've murdered these five yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, Noodles doesn't resurface. And then all um, the other three guys are like, ah, where the hell's Noodles? Yeah. But like, they don't have any of their dialogue recorded. It's just them looking terrified. Yeah. Doesn't, it actually doesn't really work. Right, right. It's one of the more jarring, <laughs> yeah. like, restored scenes. Mm. But uh, anyway. Well, I think, yeah, it's. It's it's people were talking about the James Woods scene as their kids when he kind of pretends to be dead and how that foreshadows what he'll mm. eventually do yeah. in the yeah. future and then potentially even does at the end of the film where yeah. people think like they're like no nah, he didn't die that's right um, the extended or the restored scenes continue um, where I don't I didn't I couldn't quite figure this out and I didn't have time to really glean through all the details and understand it but Noodle somehow has tracked down the car that was following him at the mausoleum. And he watches it go, leaves this big fancy mansion and he's like taking down notes going, and then drives off into the distance, then explodes. Mm. There's some bomb attached to the car. And then we cut back to the scene that you would know, which is this news report on this car being bombed. Do you remember this? Does this ring any bells? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where they're hosing it down. Yeah. yeah, So the extended scene, we just see that, that, um, noodles was there basically. You saw the bombing happen. Um, I don't know if it does much to the... I mean, were you were you able to like, because the story does get convoluted at this point. Yeah, this is where things start to get a little bit tricky. Yeah, were you at any point like uh, Teamsters? What the fuck? Yeah, a little bit. I was trying to work out what that that was the biggest kind of plotty part yeah. that I wasn't really sure of what they were doing and how they were mm. being how they were leveraging this this strike to their advantage uh, to yeah. their advantage. Um, from what I understand, it they were basically on the team of the the Teamsters or the the yeah. um the workers, the union, uh, the union. And, uh, basically, yeah. When the police, uh, came aboard and hired Mm. what they call scabs, like people who weren't on the picket line to go and fill the roles of these workers. They, they then started to act violently. They, Mm. they, they stepped Mm. in to try and to save the union boss or the, the the guy, Jimmy O'Donnell, I think is his name. Uh, He's sort of like a Jimmy Hoffa sort of figure, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, or maybe Woods is, doesn't matter. I, I got the sense anyway. that, like, I got what I think I needed to out of it, which was, like, these guys are now operating mm. in, they're, like, trying to lobby for things. They're, like, acti- yeah. actively involved in politics, mm. actively involved in, like, workers. Which is another trope of, like, these gangster films. Yeah, is, getting getting yeah. getting their hands into different yeah. pies and, yeah. uh, and trying to, like, yeah, set themselves up, which they very mm. much, like, seem to be doing. Mm. Um But then is kind of derailed by Max's kind yeah. of ambitions to... Yeah. To do more. Um, so some things to note. We, we we flash back to the 1930s. We meet up with Carol again. She recognizes the guys. We find out she's a sex worker. She becomes... Um, uh, she starts going out with... Max. Uh, Max. Mm. And then the intermission. And then we get the intermission. Oh, yeah. So Deborah leaves. She's going to LA. Um, she wants to become an actor. And, yeah. Um, she leaves... Um, she leaves New York. She's like, think fuck. New York stinks. Yeah. Ne- nearly escapes. Nearly escapes, yeah. like, you know, somewhat unscathed. But, yeah, um, yeah it's yeah. A tra- hers, hers is a tragic, tragic story. Yeah. I know um, dead air on a podcast is a, never a good thing, but do you think we should have, like, just, like, five minutes of nothingness? Intermission? Yeah. Sure. Or we just play, like, that terrible... Um, well, not terrible. It's good music. Our, our intro music, just, like, on loop for five minutes. <laughs> Drive people insane. But then make it like distort slowly over time as well. So it just gets more creepy. 
Um, no, I think we're we're pretty much through most of the plot now. Getting we're, there, we're yeah. Running, so this is probably two thirds through mm. the film, you'd say. Mm. Um, I don't think there was any. Yeah, I think that was good. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to come up. Yeah, because let's I come don't... back from an intermission. It's like 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 we've literally been out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was oh good. Yeah. Good break. Yeah. What did you get from the the lobby? You get any snacks or anything? Um, yeah, I got some dried fruit crisps, which were terrible. Oh, nice. Oh, oh that's not good. No. Ha. Okay. You didn't want to get like Swedish fish or anything, or, like popcorn or nothing. If only. If only. Yeah. I need to see, actually. You know what, what I got? I got a, I got one of those cake things from Fat Mo's that had so much frosting on it that it was basically just oh, a ball of frosting. Oh, it was like ninety percent frosting. <laughs> yeah, man, those things looked great. Oh. Yeah. Boy. Better than sex. But you don't really drink, you don't like eat any dairy, so are your bowels going to be okay? Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh, no. I'll never make it this time. Uh, <laughs> come with me. I want to yell at you some more. Yelling at poor fat mode. Very interesting time editing this. So we're back from the intermission. Uh, the audience has had some time. The audience at Khan has had some time to stew over what they've just seen. And like, oh my God, God damn. Yeah. I don't know if they were allowed to leave or get or whatever. Probably I would imagine, yeah. I would imagine there'd minutes, be yeah. like a, like a, yeah. Um, to let's go to the toilet and stuff. The, imagine <laughs> after that scene, then let's all go to the lobby. It's, oh God, my stomach. <laughs> so we can all throw up. So what's the next thing after the intermission? I'm trying to. I'm, uh, the ele- he's in the elevator going down. He's it's that awful scene where he then returns to the to his friends right. and they're like, ah, so you're back, you're back from yeah. your date. Oh um, uh, yeah, and so this is another extended. So I get a little a bit of an extended. Scene. Carol is unceremoniously kind of thrown out of the meeting because yeah. they they Max and and uh, Max Noodles butt heads where it's like, well, if, they're basically know, having like a measuring contest to yeah. see how little they can care about women, which oh, is awful. God, yeah. Um, and, and that's that's what I mentioned about about Patsy, where you see in that scene, you see him be like, I don't know about this. Like, well, are we, yeah. are, are we are we men? Are we good people? Like, yeah. I don't know. That, that, it's just a subtle thing, but I just it, but, really, oh, I liked it because I saw that's, him as a kid. Yes. I saw him yes. as a kid who sat out in the, on the steps eating that yeah. cake instead well, everyone, of... Well, everyone's sitting down in a circle. Um, yeah. James Wood specifically on this throne that he's bought for like $800 from like yeah. a pope or like that used to belong to a and pope. And you get the sense of like, he's just being like, why did you do that? He's like, because I can't. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, There's no reason man. to it. I just need to be to the top. Yeah. Uh, as close as I can get. And then, yeah. And then Fat Mo. Mo. Mm. <laughs> Let's call him Mo. Um, <laughs> oh, whatever. Fat Mo. Fat Mo's on the outside of that circle. But mm. yeah, it's... There is almost as much tension in that scene yeah. with silence. The only yeah. thing we hear is the is the is teacup. noodles stirring this coffee with a mm. spoon. That's all we hear. Mm. And we're just cutting between all the different members of the gang, Patsy and Kokai and Max and De Niro and, and Fat Mo as well. And and, and, and Kokai's playing his theme, I think. I think he's just holding it. it. I think he's it's just, just all it. silence, really. Yeah. But um, they're all staring at each other. And it's exactly like the standoff in um, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Mm. It's like... Someone gonna draw a gun right now, because it all seems like they know what De Niro has done. Mm. But then, of course, we realize, oh yeah, they're gangsters. They have like no moral code. They're well, doing terrible things great, all the time. It's a great way to frame for the audience of being like, are they going to? What? What's? What is? Are they going to their... reprimand him for doing this? Like, he's as he portray? Is he like? Has he? Broken some gangster rule or gangster code. Yeah. Are they going to follow any yep. particular compass at this point or are yep. they, are they like 
yeah. going to continue on. And, and no, none of them no, say anything. They yeah. double down, in fact. They double um, down, in fact. And then yeah. that's, I think that's why yeah. James Woods is... James Wood flips at, um, yeah. at Carol. And then I think it's Patsy talks about having just been shot while he was doing something else. He's like, mm. yeah, I did some other shit and got shot. So I'm a bit of a badass. Yeah. Um, there was one bit I wanted to talk about, mm. which again, shows how fucking awful these people are, mm. is to help out the Teamsters, they sort of blackmail or they have this plot with the police officer. Do you remember this bit? Oh, God, yeah, with the How baby swaps. How fucked up was yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. basically, they need um, they need this cop to back off or whatever. Yeah. And the way they do it is they find out he's just had a baby boy. Yeah. They the... go to the hospital and they switch all the name tags. Because mm. the they don't yeah. want to kidnap the baby. In the nursery. Instead, they just switch the name tags around. Yeah. And they call him up and they say, we'll give you the, that's not your, he finds out he's the, the holding cop a girl, is particularly basically. The cop is particularly keen on having a son, which yeah. he has just had because he's got four daughters and he's, yeah. he's an old dinosaur. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, to the point where he even holds up the baby boy in front of his like, you know, much older daughters. Yeah. And he's like, he's the man of the house after me. Like exactly. he's, you know, you're going to yeah, be yeah. taking orders from this guy. Really sad. He's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> really, really, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, 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 un, he, uh, he discovers he's holding a girl basically yeah, in yeah. his hands because the tags have been switched. Yeah. Um he he agrees to the to the gang's demands. Yeah, I'll back up. Yeah. yeah. Um but, but yeah, an incredible scene. Yeah. Well what happens next? What happens once he gives in to the demands? Uh Well so they they say okay, sweet. We'll we'll give you back your son's name tag and they hang up. Oh, yeah. And they say, "All right, so Patsy, Patsy. W- w- what's his number?" And he's like I lost the sheet. Yeah, I left the I left the I left the number in the lab yeah. code basically. Left, and it's left what we did. It's hard to say. It's hard to say if he did that on purpose or yeah. he just completely blanked. I was like, yeah. oh fuck, I actually dropped it. Sorry. Yeah. But at first, I was like, this is the scene where they're like, ah, you idiot. Yeah. We weren't supposed to do that, but yeah. instead they just start laughing. Yeah. They're like, and not ah, only have they messed up, do? And they go, only... well, the evens. I know even numbers was boys and unevens yeah. was girls. So yeah. Just give them an even number. Well, how about eight? Okay, sweet. Eight, eight's good. But they've, they they've yeah. swapped every baby. Every baby. Not just the not just the police and officers. This as bad must as have, that would be. This must have been like a Guinness World Record for most babies in a shot because like they have this <laughs> massive. Yeah, the wide room. bird's eye view. Yeah. And it's playing this lovely classical music yeah. as well. And it's like all these babies just crying and shit. And it's like, wow, you've potentially well, you potentially made the lives and ruined the lives of so many children. And that's basically what they say. Yeah. It's like, you know, but I love I would the, have loved love to have been the, swapped at birth. I, be love, great. I love yeah. the uh I love the shot where the nurse comes back in after they because they, they sneak yeah. in the four of them as doctors. Yeah. And I love the shot afterwards when the nurse comes back in and the babies who were relatively peaceful in their nursery before mm. are all now completely just losing it and crying. And, mm. you know, it's just this great visual representation with this music of like, I don't know, just these, how, how bad the presence of these men yeah. is. It's like yeah. the babies are now absolutely unsettled and changed yeah. forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a scene worth highlighting because yeah. it doesn't do too much for the plot, but it just shows how shows how evil these guys they are. There, there's some sort of like back and forth thing between these rival gangs and the teamsters and stuff, and that's mm. whatever. Basically, they help out uh, Jimmy O'Doyle again. Jimmy O'Doyle realizes the power of crime. He's like, you've done more in two days than I've done in a lifetime of just talking. Yeah, yeah. And so he sort of realizes the potential of like crime to mm. get as a means of getting what they need. Getting what they need. Yeah. Even if it's for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and a politician suggests to um, Max and the gang, how about going legitimate? Which is, again, another trope of all these gangster films is ah, illegal means to get rich and then go legitimate before mm. I get imprisoned or whatever. Mm. Um, so he holds out this this offer. It's like, well, we've got, we're going to have a whole bunch of trucks available, which will be sold for next to nothing. Yep. How about you guys consider diversifying and 
getting into the polar, you know, the yep. political racket. Max doesn't, uh, 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 Noodles doesn't see the the point or the, yeah. the, he can't see the scope of that, whereas Max can. And I yeah. think this, this then brings forth a moment in the film or mm. sequence in the film where they start to diverge in terms of what they want for the future. And also about basically this, this idea that um, Noodles thinks and accuses Max a few times of being crazy yeah. because of his ambition and because of what he wants. And I yeah. think that really stings Max. We see he kind of loses it both every time he calls him crazy because I think Max has this delusion of wanting to be seen as legitimate and mm. he's like got these grand schemes. Mm. And when someone points out that they're, you know, delusions of grandeur or insane mm. or crazy, he can't handle that. He's like, it's basically like um, Noodles is like, you're an animal. You, you, you know, yeah. you're not meant for, you're not meant for legitimacy. You're yeah. an animal like me. Yeah. Yeah. And Max on the other side is like, you smell like the street. Like, I don't want to smell like the street anymore. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. be legitimate. And that's what happens eventually is that he, he kind of creates that. Prohibition's um, being, what's the word? Repealed recalled or, or repealed. Recalled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically. ending. Prohibition's ending. You guys are going to be out of a job. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that gives them an incentive to move all the, well, you know, to switch to being legitimate. They don't. Um, and then, yeah, the law changes and they're out of the job. Mm. Max then forwards this idea of robbing the federal bank yeah. to, to, to noodles. He says, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. We got 1 million. I won't be happy until we get 20 or yeah. 50. Yeah. 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 Um, for you, was it weird seeing Eve in this scene? Is this the first time you see Eve? Uh, on the holiday? Yeah. With them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You see her and then, and she's also kind of similar looking to Carol. Yeah. That um, also threw me. These yeah. Blonde, but you, you, okay, you, yeah. he takes her on this holiday. They, they go to the beach together. And then uh, Max reveals his plans, and then basically um, that sets off this chain reaction where yeah. Carol and Max, starts, Carol and uh, and and Noodle start to kind of yeah. talk about like what should we do about this because yeah. this plan is far too insane to be pulled mm. off. Yeah, uh, and then we see we see uh, Eve again in the speakeasy bef as they're doing the funeral yes. scene for yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the prohibition. Okay, which by the way, one of the funniest things in this film. Did you notice oh, the yeah. champagne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they're having this funeral, like this fake party funeral for the prohibition. They bring out this huge cake of a coffin that says prohibition. And um, that night they're they're going to do one last job or whatever it is like to go and pick up some some booze. It's something that they do every night basically in the in the past. Um, but as as they're celebrating, these four waiters like these really regal kind of like upstanding waiters come up and grab these four champagne bottles from the cake and like with machetes like chop off the top of the bottles to kind of spray them everywhere and and pour people booze because of the champagne bottles have got these candles in the top of them. And one of the, the, the classic goofs in this movie is that basically they probably only had one chance for this shot and they chop off the bottles. Three out of four go really, really well, mm. considering how difficult probably that would be to chop off a champagne bottles, you know, that's thick glass with machete yeah. and not shatter it. But one of them just completely like he, he chops it. It doesn't go. He chops it again. The whole bottle just explodes <laughs> and he just like walks out of frame. <laughs> Yeah, he just runs off. It's so good. At least it wasn't um, his hand. I mean, Jesus. Oh like God, you say, yeah. these machetes are huge. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But just this huge explosion of foam just goes everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he, and he so quickly, it's like, oh. He's I'm like, oh, I'm here. so sorry, Mr. Leone. <laughs> I failed you. Leone's like, that was perfect. Um, um, yeah. Uh, and so Carol and... One of the great goofs <laughs> of American cinema. Uh, well, what, what I wanted to say was, yeah. uh, in the restored version, you meet Eve, um, oh, okay. right after the car scene with Deborah. Oh, wow. Right after. Wow. And after again, the intermission or right after the car scene? Before the intermission, right after the car scene. Wow. And again, highlighting, um, how 
pathetic um, mm. Noodles is, mm. is he's completely off his face drunk mm. uh, and he meets Eve, who's another sex worker, and he offers her money and they go, they go to a private room together. And he's so drunk he can hardly talk. And um, he says, uh, I want to call you Deborah, basically. He's like mumbling his way through and he's like, oh my God. Because he's, again, he's just, I probably leans into the dream theory a lot because like, again, he's just creating fantasies for himself. Yeah. Like, this will work. Yeah. And, and, and Deborah was, again, it, that's, I think it's why that car mm. scene is so upsetting mm. more than even it would normally be with just, just what happens in the scene. But like the context yeah. of them having grown up as kids mm. um, and Deborah being this, the kind of love of his life yeah. who he then treats so, so badly. Yep. Um, so yeah. the fact that he then goes and meets this other woman immediately and does that is like, yeah, that's a, that's another, that's another gut punch for sure. So, yeah. So if you were confused with who this woman was, um, uh, I just, to be honest, <laughs> I, I, this, the, the, sometimes these movies happen like this where it's just like, get on with it. Like he's, it's, yeah, it's the future. He's a gangster. He's got another woman by his side. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't super, it wasn't much yeah. of a roadblock for me. Good point. So yeah, Max has this, this dream of robbing the federal reserve bank. Um, Carol is terrified for Max because she loves him. Yeah. Um, Better to get put in prison than get killed. So what are we going to do about this? Yeah. Basically? And she implores Noodles to get Max arrested for some minor offense. Yeah. Tip off bootlegging. The cops. Let's say tip off the cops because it's the only way he won't go won't through go through with, with the robbery. Thing. Yeah. And get them all killed basically. Yeah. Um, which maybe. Yeah, I think it's 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 a good reason to act for them for yeah. for for and and you know it's important to remember that um, she's just looking out for him. And mm. I guess Noodles is kind of doing the same way. He's like, why don't my want well, my friend or my my, my friends to die? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So he, this is when the some of the opening scenes start to get played out for us. Mm. We start to piece the thing together. The mm. reason Noodles um, uh, backstabbed his friends was basically to keep Max out of Max from doing this heist. He just wanted to stop him from doing the heist. The only way to do that was to get him arrested. So he tipped off the cops. He said, "Yeah, there's a speakeasy here. Prohibition is still a thing. So arrest these guys." It's it's so subtle, but like, he Noodles is sitting there and he's sort of you know he's a bit awkward because of what he's just done. And Max walks in and like as he walks up to, um, as he walks up to Noodles, Max like grabs the telephone which is not placed on the receiver correctly and he just slightly like. He just reverses it. Yeah. Such a nice, it's such a like small thing, but it, it makes you go, fuck, does he know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, as we find out, he does know. The three guys, Patsy, Cockeye, and... Max. Max, they go out and they get shot up by the police. Yeah. Um, because as Carol explains to Noodles in the 70s, he meets up with her, um, Max wanted to be double-crossed by Noodles so that he could be killed by the police, basically. Yeah, something like very, that. Very, very weird, uh, uh, convoluted uh, plan he sort of contrived for himself. Apparently, Max's dad went to an insane asylum as he got mm. older, and he doesn't want to end up like him. Mm. So he's like, I want to go out in a blaze of glory. I'd much rather like rob the Federal Reserve or have my friend double-cross me and yeah. we sh have a shootout with the police. Yeah. Pretty much have like a gangster death, essentially. Yeah, but I, have, think, like, that's, the I think that's De Niro's character, Noodles, trying to... Give excuses and that's, yeah. like with the dream theory because it is that is there, a stretch. There's also that <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch to, that to make a, that happen at the party when they're celebrating the or like you know commiserating the end of the prohibition where it's that kind of awkward like hug scene with Max and and Cockeye and and um, Patsy where yeah. you know he's basically cheers them and says you know 
these were 10 great years, basically. Like yeah. it's, there's a feeling of finality to it more than just yeah. the end of the prohibition. And, mm. and he says to them, there's a line where he says to them, we're going to be carrying more than booze tonight. Like it there's sounds a shipment like coming in. Yeah, yeah. Shipment. And it sounds like it's like, cause there's huge fire. Like it's, mm. it's like, it's almost like they're carrying explosives or something like yeah. that, where when they get shot up, that's, that's what happens. It all goes to hell. Cause they, they're burned like kind of, um, yeah. well, uh, Max, Max is, is specifically, beyond, re, bo, yeah. Burned beyond beyond rec- recognition. Recognition. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a theory like, cause I think you that, always have a theory. Well, no, it's, it's just, again, it's the, it's the dream thing. But in that shot where at the start where we see them, on the street, I saw that as Max. Like, I was like, that's James Woods. Like, it's well, yeah, not... he labels them. Yeah, 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 but the face, like, even though it's burned up, like, I was like, that oh. looks that looks like it's oh. meant to be James yeah. Woods, which adds to the idea that, yeah. um, you know, it's a, it's a point where yeah. uh, Noodles is like, well, maybe it wasn't him, but it's like, I think it was him. I think he I think died. So. The movie's racing to an end now at this point. Mm. Um, but back into the 70s, mm. Mo implores uh, Noodles to just run away with the cash, Noodles was like, eh, fuck that. Um, he has an invitation to this party. I don't know how he got the invitation. Mm. I don't give a fuck at this point either. I'm just like, I'm in. I don't give a fuck, yeah. whatever. Deborah mm. uh, is somehow involved in this thing. Yeah. She's back in New York. She's in this new... She's doing... Um, Anthony and Cleopatra. Anthony and Cleopatra. Mm. The restored version has a Some sequence of her playing that? it. Yeah. Fucking awesome. So yeah. Cool. So it was a good job. Yeah. Um, it's weird though because, because she's in makeup, mm. like really heavy... Mm black and white makeup. She looks like she hasn't aged at all. Mm. And the first I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Robert De Niro looks like he's 80 years yeah, old yeah, and then yeah. she looks like she's still the same age. Dream but then theory. I was also like, yeah, I was like, dream theory. Though. Yeah, yeah. It works. Uh, and then she starts wiping it off and you start yeah, to see you some start wrinkles. start to see some ages. She's still like yeah. way younger than yeah, everyone yeah. else. Elizabeth McGovern. Mm. She, this like, I was like, yeah, she's good. She's good. And then this scene, she's just amazing. Mm. She does this thing where there's a knock at her door and it's, we find out it's her son knocking and she's like, just terrified of him like meeting she does some really bad acting like good bad acting. yes yeah. and that was the best thing when he points it out he's like now nah, you're a bad actress yeah um which fuck was so good yeah um it's a tricky scene to play because yeah. how do you play someone who's reuniting with this monster basically yeah and she does a really good job of like walking the line really really good job she explains how there's this senator senator bailey who's having this party and that if Noodles meets him at this party. He will die, and he should just go out the exit. It's this great, it's this great thing where she's like, if you go out that door, you die. But if you go out that door, you never know, but you live, mm. and everything will be good. Mm. Happens in a few in a few other movies, mm. and I'm like, oh, just take the exit, boy. Yeah. yeah. Um. But another part of me was like, nah, take the. I want to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, and that's what he is. He says he does. he's like curious. Um. He goes outside. He meets Deborah's son, who is played by the same actor who played Young Max. Yeah. Um, for for a second, I was like, "Oh shit, that's that's Noodles' son. He's she was pregnant with him." Uh, okay. But then I was like, "Wait a minute, that's no. Max. Why would he look like? <laughs> Why would he look like Max?" I'm so confused. Yeah. Uh, and then so that's the first sort of like mini reveal mm. that wait a minute, something's going on. Noodles goes to the party. Who is at the party but a very old James Woods? Yeah. Max is still alive and well, baby. Yeah. Faked he never his died. death. Faked his death. Caused it, like, got in line with the police and the, and the, um, was the other people he said, like, some. I don't know. It goes, it, this, it gets a bit like, I mean, at this point, I'm like, how the, f- you have to, <sighs> you, <laughs> this plan's really convoluted. Dream like, he's reminded, I guess that makes sense. Cause, like, basically, Max's plan. Um, he wouldn't like me saying this, but because he's crazy, uh, was to, <laughs> was to somehow 
get Carol to convince Noodles mm. to dob him into the police so that he would get arrested, but only so that he could fake his death. Yeah. Also inadvertently kill yeah. Cockeye and Patsy. Yeah. So that he could Which guilt I... so that he could hire goons to chase to chase Noodles out of town yeah. so that he could steal the million dollars yeah. so that he could buy himself back into society so that he could become this... Um, he could go legitimate, basically. Mm. And I don't buy... gets, he gets the best of both worlds where it's like, I get to die as a gangster and yet I get to go legitimate. He True. I mean, that's a really good point for why it's, it could it be real. It is ridiculously convoluted. Real. But it's it's a good... It's like I get all that motivation, but the yeah. one thing that I stick with that kind of makes me want to believe in the dream theory more is that I don't think Max would knowingly kill Cockeye and Patsy. That's the weird bit. It's like, why did he want them to die? Yeah. That's the one but thing. But maybe that because that up. that scene where he kind of brings him in and he's like, Hey, it was a great ten years, boys. You yeah. know, maybe I'm like, Seems oh, like he's maybe, goodbye. maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's why that's why this movie's good. But what also, like, yeah, I mean it makes sense that he'd he could he could double cross or like hold information from De Niro because yeah. they've had like he wasn't with them for the rise up. Yeah. He was with Patsy and Cockeye. So it does feel weird that he would betray them, but it doesn't seem that out of character because mm. they're they're bad people. Yeah. We've established this well and good. They're bad people. The reason that James Woods, a.k.a. Max, has been, I don't know, dropping all these breadcrumbs in front of De Niro is because um, Max uh, has... He's also taken up the alias of this Senator Bailey as well. Mm. He goes by Bailey now. He's basically... He's he's getting... Um, not sued, but... Tried, tried for, tried for corruption or whatever with the whole teamster thing. He's gonna get done. Doesn't matter. He's gonna get done. Mm. And he's like, because I'm gonna get done, people are gonna kill me. Mm. So I'm a dead man. Yeah. And the reason I've lured you back into town is because I want it to be you. Yeah. I want you to kill me. Yeah. Because I took everything from I you. I took your money. I took your girl. I yeah. took your reputation. I thought I made you think that you'd killed me and my and our friends. I made you guilty like, for 35 stuff. years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So now you get to kill me. Yeah. Um. Ironic that that line that Noodles had where it's like, well, what one day they'll get me to kill you. And that, that's ironic that it's the order is coming from yeah. Max himself. Yeah. But Noodles, yeah, yeah. Noodles uh, calling calling uh, Max, Senator, or Mr. Bailey throughout this whole scene. Yeah, Noodles calling him uh, Mr. Bailey throughout the whole scene, basically mm. supporting the fact that he's like, Noodles is like, Max Max died years and years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know who you are, but I haven't held a gun for many years. I'm not yep. going to do this. And yeah, takes takes the exit basically. Yeah, takes, takes leave. It's like he's got this cool little secret escape thing. Like, just like it's so up. fucking weird. He's got an escape route planned yeah. out. He's like been playing this weird forty chess move for God yeah. knows how long. Yeah. And then basically, Noodles walks out of the mansion. The party's still going on. He crosses the road yep. and is followed by Max or a figure that looks like Max, mm -hmm. who walks behind this huge demon-like, yep. you know, hell-like kind of big truck. Yeah, he's too far uh, away. Now, which also just comes to life as well. Why yeah. is it? Why is there a dump truck outside the mansion? I call it a dumpster truck. A <laughs> yeah, dump truck. Why is there a dumpster? Yeah, truck? why is it there in the middle of the night? What's going yeah. on? And you hear why does speak. it have this weird fucking? Tim Burton, the same company that built this dump truck, built the weird squasher that crushes John Malkovich and Conair. <laughs> yeah, Conair. It's like the same yeah, like very, manufacturer. It's very like uh, it's Rube Goldberg-y kind of like weirdly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's, 
it's basically like a trash compactor, and yep. the theory is that like Max threw himself into it and yeah. gets mulched up because he has to um, kill himself. He's, he's, he's or was it anyway. another way to fake his death? Who knows? Like, yeah. it's all it's a lot of like conjecture around this scene. But yeah. basically, James Wood's take on it was like, I don't know what happened to my character, but like he's but not, not he's not coming to dinner tomorrow. Basically, like yeah, he's, he's gonna, I loved that. Yeah, yeah, um, I li- and I love the analogy he uses with uh, Jimmy Hoffa, where it's like you don't yeah. know, but but you, you know. know, yeah, you know, um, um, you would have heard a scream. You would have heard like, a, oh god, the pain. <laughs> Why this is a I... terrible way to go. Why did I go foot first? Oh, oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, uh, I love, first. and again, it's a, it's this reveal that's sort of like, <laughs> it's too slow. <laughs> it's too slow. Yeah. Oh, I knew I should have greased this thing. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a shot that like sort of channels that um, uh, the 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 stagecoach heist yeah. in Ducky Soccer where it's like the yeah it disappears he's walking, it also, he's walking towards us the truck passes truck us passes. and then the figure's gone and it also channels the first scene that we saw Max I think like I mentioned before where yeah. he's on riding on that stagecoach yeah um, yeah just the idea that Max is kind of always disappearing and, and Noodles isn't meant to know what happens and uh, Noodles is left kind of as this lonely mm. sad figure who Either whether whether it's a dream of himself or whether he is actually yeah. that man in that moment, yeah. he's very lost. He's full of regret. Mm-hmm. He probably hates himself as much as we hate him in that moment, or yeah. as much as we hate that man as his you know as he's been yeah. portrayed. And and then we see the final scene of him going to the opium den. Yeah, we flash back den when to the 30s. when yeah we we know that for for the moment in time that this is taking place, his friends are being probably gunned down in that mm-hmm. moment as he goes to this den. Mm-hmm. Um, smokes up and uh, or maybe we, it's after they've been gunned down. Maybe I think the order but, is he gets knocked out by Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then but sees in any case he he kind then of smokes himself to death basically. Yeah, escapes. smokes yeah. himself into this state where he is yeah. uh, the last shot is this smile that makes it seem as if he's kind of yeah. living through an American dream of sorts. Ah, the American dream, if yeah. you will. And it's yeah, great. Look, we're looking at him through this net again. It mm. reminded me of um Jill looking through the. The, the sort of um, net above her bed, in, mm. not net, but you know, whatever, the mm. fabric above her bed in Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. A lot of similar shots in this. And um, yeah, the way it just looks right into the bar- barrel of the lens and then cracks this smile. Yeah. And the music swells. The, it, you always know a movie's done good. Or at least you've liked a movie a lot when you're watching and you have to watch the credits. Yeah. Because like, I can't just pause the music. It's too good. Yeah. I need to wait. I'm and it, it, credits are also a moment where you can kind of reflect on what's happened as well, where you're just like, yeah. what did I, you know. Whereas but, some movies are like, if you're watching it at home or you're watching it at a cinema, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Got to get out yeah. of here. Yeah. Um, um, or like you press space bar and you close the, the VLC. Thing, whatever. <laughs> so my theory is basically, it's basically yours, but it just it's just not a literal dream. Yeah, right. Where it's like, so yeah, he doesn't. He's having visions in, in his real life as an old man, do you mean? Not visions. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's not like him dreaming this stuff. It's sort of the movie conjuring yeah. these things up for yeah. us. Where it's yeah. like, uh, Noodles refuses to call Max by his name. He wants to believe he died a gangster's death. Um, uh, he doesn't want to believe what this movie is telling us, which is that like, gangsters aren't these mythic heroes we think they are. They're these monsters. They, they're like people, not all of them. Some of them have like hard lives or whatever, but um, for the most part, people have choices in life and... You know, the powers that be, the, 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 yeah, the movie is basically demystifying the gangster myth, which Noodles doesn't accept. So that's why he doesn't call Max by his name. He's like, nope, Max died a gangster's death, blaze of glory, shoot up with the police. I'm talking to some old, some old bat named. White collar, like, yeah. Some guy named Bailey. Mm. Um, 
Bailey, Max, has sort of become this like Daniel Plainview figure where it's like he achieved his goal. He did the thing. He made his money, mm. but he's now an empty, hollow man and he has nothing to live for anymore and he just mm. wants to be... He also wants to die a gangster's death. Mm. He's like, sweet, I double-crossed you. you got to get revenge on me. That's how this thing... You get the they're, sense. They're, they're sort of... They're like ideas of how this movie should play out are just incongruent with each other. Their life was never better than when it was that they were kind of building themselves up yeah. as kids, like trying to get into this system that ultimately they accessed but then were corrupted by and like mm. um basically you know um yeah were turned into these or became these monsters mm. it's uh yeah. it's a it's a very very interesting film um, and i as I as, as with all of these films were just wonderfully deep and really great oh, yeah. you know viewing experiences um a quote from the man himself leone um this doesn't tie everything together, but I thought it was an interesting quote, and I'll just read it here now. He was talking about how he came across the book, and he says he loved it, came across it in a Rome bookshop. Uh, more than anything else, it was a perfect and loving hymn to the cinema. The story of these Jewish gangsters, unlucky three times over and determined five times over to challenge the gods, attached itself to me like the malediction of the mummy in the old movie with Boris Karloff. I don't know that movie. I wanted to make that film and no other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, he said once before in an interview, the first westerns were the Greek tragedies written by, obviously the Greeks, <laughs> and yeah, I can I can feel that in here. Yeah, it does. Um, it feels it feels big like that. It feels yeah. it does it actually it yeah big. it does yeah. feel, uh, 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 like mythic, for mm. sure for sure. Well 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 put. A great button to end on. Uh, we yeah. need to what do a trilogy. Our, we need to do our rankings. If we yeah, feel like it, we need to do our rankings. Definitely. We need to do whether we think this would be a good box set. I'm going to yep. do a big tick. Yes, that it would be an mm. incredible box set. Uh, Explain the, how. No, the Once Upon a Time trilogy <laughs> would be fantastic because it's it's you know I think it definitely is exploring some of the same same things. I don't know. Don't think we need to necessarily rehash it, but like definitely exploring this these ideas of like demystifying these often romantic kind of cinema tales, these characters, mm. um, these actions. Yep. Um, kind of showing people for who they are, which in these films is often kind of complicated, very misguided, amoral kind of characters. Um, in terms of my ranking, would you think it's a? Do you think it's a good box set as well? Yeah, it's a no, long I do. One. I had to think about it. I'm not, I've, 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 I've sort of flipped between the two thoughts. Okay, because uh, Ducky Sucker is such a. Well, the title doesn't help. Um, well, it's too. I mean, like that's my one, caveat is, yeah. is is renaming it to the Once Upon a Time in the Revolution. Two of the films have the same title, basically. Two of the films are spaghetti western, but in all of the films, yeah, there's some sort of demystification. Yeah, they're tied together. Some sort of trope or like, some yeah. sort of genre or some sort of idea. And yeah, it's the western in the first one. It's the idea of a revolution in the second one, and it's the idea of a the gangsters, uh, the, the gangster the, the movies, modern, the the nineteen hundreds version yeah. of the cowboys, basically. Which I don't think Leone is like spoken out and said, "Yeah, I wanted to completely demystify the gangster film." I think he was just interested in like what gangster films do for him and these yeah. characters, basically, yeah. trying to like beat the odds yeah. and like become something that they that the gods ordained they could never be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, same thing goes for the cowboy and the revolutionary. Um, mm. So yeah, as of this recording, right now. Um, yeah, I think a box set this would make, mm. uh, and 
Just love by of nature God, of... for the love of God, change the title of Ducky Sucker. Yeah. Um, I don't and, think that's possible at this point, but it would just help. Also, oh, just a trilogy of like unbelievable soundtracks, unbelievable, oh, you know, uh, composition of like shots and just, you know, different, like the same style which, just being done over. Which score would you have soundtrack your life? Oh, if you could I pick mean, one, one of them. The, well, I'll answer that in a way that is like, which score would I listen to the most? And it's probably okay. going to be this one, Once Upon a Time in, in America. But just one track. Oh, uh, the, the, the pan, pan flute, flute. Yeah. Okay, yeah. one. but I don't know if that I'd want good. that co- that on my life because it's like that's very yeah. Uh, imagine going to like your daughter's like first yeah. birthday and playing that. And you're like, ah, oh, this is haunting. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be kind of terrifying. Any of them yeah. would be kind of terrifying. But there's beautiful music in this as well. That I think this is yeah. the most varied. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. but it's also the most that's kind of complete point. potentially. Like every track is wonderful. Every track in the other ones is also great as well. This one just yeah. kind of, this one this one um stood out to me the most, yeah. which I never thought I would be saying after uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. That's yeah. probably the coolest one. Mm. This one is the most beautiful and the most kind of layered and yeah. like triggering. I yeah, think for sure um, and haunting. If I could um, have anything follow me around, it would be from um, Ducky Sucker, the yeah. main theme from that. Yeah. Um, I love that swagger of that song. It's so yeah. good. Um, they're also amazing. Uh, I mean, three strikes in a row. I'm talking about bowling here with Ennio Morricone. He just mm. got like yeah. three perfect loved scores all of these films. in a row. Loved all of the um, composition. We haven't even talked about the actors that much as well. There's so much to go into. There is. Like, and, but that's, Rob De Niro that's, that's okay. Just, Other like, podcasts can do that. This is about this is about uh, Leone more, more so than ever. I guess you know? so. But... um. I mean, fuck. What were you going to say about Bob? Well, I was just going to say, Bob's just had a pretty good run at this point. You know, he's just had an Oscar from yeah. The Godfather. Yeah. Uh, so many gangster films have like become the quintessential gangster film at this point, where it's like, oh, Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, no, The Godfather. Oh, yeah. but Scarface. And now it's like, eh. Once Upon a Time in America. Well, this maybe. one, I think I saw a good review of this, which is that the guy was kind of saying how this film kind of fills him with conflictions where he's like, I love it, but I also hate it because it's like... Well, not hate it, but he just it's it's a tough watch in parts, and like, oh, yeah. and that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, but I think he said, "Look, this is it by no means my favorite, or in my opinion, the best gangster film, but it is the most severely and tragically underrated, and like often not talked about kind of yeah. in the gangster film movies. Yeah. You, you know, you hear people talk about Scarface, mm-hmm. you hear people talk about Pulp the Fiction or The Godfather oh, yeah. or whatever, yeah. and it's very rare that you hear people say, "Hey, but Once Upon a Time in America." Like it's it was yeah. it was staggering. This is um, that we, that almost like a black sheep where it's like, oh, have you heard of this one? It's really good. Yeah. And yet, almost everyone knows that image. Yeah. But they misassociate it with like in your case or my case that like, oh, it's from The Godfather, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I the last just... thing we need to do. Huh? Well, we need to do our rankings. Yeah. And then we need oh. to spin that wheel. What? Yeah. No, we should spin the wheel at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Rankings. Yeah. May I go first? Number three. Number three, to no one's surprise, is Ducky Soccer for me. Mm-hmm. Best score, I think. I'm on the same page, um, baby. But I don't know. Something about a crab wielding dynamite throwing it around didn't make sense. <laughs> uh, that's right. I'm still doing the Monsters, Inc. bit the monster, from the that episode. I think this is easily... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I just say episode? Fuck. Maybe. It's been a long, long record. We've this been is, here this is easily the This is easily the most closely ranked, in my opinion, wow. trilogy, I think. Oh yeah, or maybe the Cornetto was pretty close as well. But um, yeah, this is this is this is these three films are all up there. Like, yeah. you know. just to do a hot take, I'm gonna say number two, Once Upon a Time in the West, and then Once Upon a Time in America is number one. It may be because it's just fresh in my memory, but yeah, um, yeah as soon as I saw 
as soon as I saw those cars from the 1930s sort of interrupt Robert De Niro's uh, final scene in the 70s, as soon as I saw that reality start to shake, break down a bit for him, yeah, and then that last shot of him staring up at the camera and smiling, yeah, I was like, this. There's something about this movie that fills me with awe mm. and dread. The kind of dread that mm. only um, blow up has been able to do mm. um, for me, and and just that inclusion of yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, baby. What? Yeah. Something. Um, something about this movie did it for me. I mean. If I had to talk about what movies like, you know, better made, maybe I would say Once Upon a Time in the West. But mm, for now, as of this recording, yeah, I liked Once Upon a Time in America. I more. can't argue with that. Uh, I think for me, it goes yeah, Duck You Sucker number three, much more enjoyed than I thought it was going to be for me. I just knew nothing about that film, but I really yeah. liked it. Oh yeah, and this and is the thing; they're all they're all great. They're yeah, great. for me, one and two is. Inversed from yours, a reversed. Yep. I go Once Upon a Time in America second, yep. Once Upon a Time in the West first. But I will say that it is a horse race wherein the horses are neck and neck and the only thing separating them is the rhythm of their kind of heads bobbing. It won by, like, it won it by won, technicality. It won, it won on the <laughs> rhythm of where the, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, uh, yeah. I think Once Upon a Time in the West for me was just so engaging and so, um, uh, I don't know. It's a tough choice because Once Upon a Time in America like challenged me more when I was watching mm-hmm. it, and it made me probably think about it more. But my love, my my film tendencies to kind of go for the like popcorny kind of like, yeah. Even though Once Upon a Time in the West is no by no means a simple movie, but it's yeah. just I feel like that was a, I, I just I just you know personally just like that a bit. Like I'd return to that more. I would yeah. return to Once Upon a Time in, the, Time in the West more. There's more scenes that made me sit up and go, oh, my God, like the the, the framing of this or the, the soundtrack. Like, you know, uh, it is so, so close, though. Like, it's it is unbelievably so close. close. I yeah. think he I think he nailed all three of these, especially especially the bookends one and three. Yeah. I think um, ask, ask me in a week and my decision. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing. Things. Ask me in a day and I'd be like, no, Once Upon a Time in America is by far the more complicated, yeah. more layered, more yeah. beautiful film. Yeah. Uh, but... Once Upon a Time in the West was, uh, for me, is, is, is my favorite. Just, just, just. Yeah. Anyway, that's, 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 our, that's, our, that's our fourth trilogy done. It's our fourth trilogy done. Yeah, the end of the Once Upon a Time in the West trilogy. And, yeah, the last film Sergio Leone ever directed. Yeah. Sadly, passed away way too young. Yeah, some 60 heart condition. years old. Yeah. 60 years old. Yeah. Wow, it's even younger than I thought. Yeah, he could have. What, what would he have left us with? I don't know. It's After interesting... making that, you just you can't help but wonder what... Mm. Could have this guy done yeah. after this? Yeah. Where could he? Where could he have gone? Yeah, because it really would have launched him, you know, after the the European Cup was released as well. I mean, the 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 respect and regard that this guy's yeah. held in by the kind of juggernauts of the industry. It's uh, it's a fascinating thought to think uh, where what he would have done. <laughs> I wish he was still around. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got to end with that. Um, <laughs> all right. Finally. Thank you, Sergio. It was wonderful going through that. that, that truly. I can't. Uh, I'm so glad we have his first one still to come. So that brings us to the end of that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tari, what kind of you've got the wheel up? I understand. We haven't spun it for a while. What uh, what kind of result are you hoping for? How many how many names or how many entries are in there at the moment? We have seventy entries. Seventy. Oh, we have seventy possible. entries at the okay. moment. What are you? Yeah. What kind of what kind of vibe are you hoping for with this with this spin? What are, where are you hoping it takes us? You know, I've got. I really don't know. Mm. There's some ones that'll be like harder to really, I mean, there'll be some on this list that'll be hard to access and sort of, I don't know, get into. But um, the really big ones, 
and I'm sure it'll be like the, literally the last one we do is like mm. the Vengeance trilogy. Mm. Really want to get into that Vengeance trilogy. Um, if we could avoid a cowboy movie, yeah, hey, that's a win for me. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, anything that isn't a, a cowboy movie, yeah, I'll take. Cool. What about you? Um, I would love uh, three movies that I haven't seen again. I okay. really loved this trilogy because I had not okay. seen any of these films. Um, and I also really like getting into a director who is obviously quite well known, but I hadn't seen these films of his, obviously, and he only made about seven or eight. Um, mm. So, yeah, seeing a good chunk of his work was really satisfying. I don't really mind. I wouldn't mind something maybe foreign or just, yeah, something I haven't haven't seen. I'll, I've been really enjoying the uh, old movies at this stage, but... Okay. I'm I'm kind of like you. I'm kind of up for anything, but just a bit of a change from what we've done. So yeah, let's do it. Spin the wheel. Spin that wheel. Where it takes us. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Spinning. It's spinning. I'm even more nervous. Oh, interesting. Oh, what do we get? Hmm. What do we get? What do we get? This is the Jersey trilogy with Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. You're cool. a fan of Kevin Smith. You like Kevin? I love Kevin Smith, but I've okay. never seen any of his films. Oh, wow. That's one of those like poor ah. fanships or like fandoms that I have where I'm like, I love listening to him talk about movies, but I've never actually seen his own work. Yeah. So, so what are we watching? Like Mole Rats and stuff like that? We are watching Clerks, Mole Rats, and Chasing Amy. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I'm really happy about that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great, great. Have great, you great, seen great. these films? No. I've seen... I know of the characters, like Jane, Silent Bob, and yeah. the other clerks characters, because these movies mix and match and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've seen Dogma and cool. Jane, Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay, but I've not seen any of these movies that are considered like the the original, the the, OG. the thing that got him, the thing that got him. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You know, he's an so independent another, another, another director. Um, yeah, unofficial trilogy. and this time we're really going for independent American yeah. cinema. Nice. Okay, yeah. I'm excited about that. So, so uh, and hey, hey, no cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to miss the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm going to miss the accents. Can we do Rip it, Ripty again? Um, <laughs> so next week is? Next week is going to be? Clerks. Clerks. Yeah, directed well, in, I don't know when. Well, sometime. we should actually not next week. something? Because we're going to take a little break as we do between trilogies. Yeah. So we'll be back two weeks from now yes. with Kevin Smith's directorial and I'm assuming writing debut, film debut, uh, Clerks. So, so join us for that. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, this was an extremely long episode, but yeah. uh, it was great fun talking about it. Uh, talking I hope about you had film. fun listening to it. Yeah, if you're still with us, good job. Um, yeah, pat yourself on the back. Yeah, uh, but as always, um, Get yourself you. a cone, <laughs> an ice cream cone. Thank you for listening. Remember to share this uh, podcast with your friends. Rate and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, if you can even do that on Spotify. I don't know. But yeah, tell your friends. Spread the love, and we will be back in a couple weeks' time with Kevin Smith's first movie, Clerks. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Mr. Waternoose. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> J.P. Sullivan. <laughs> I wish you were still around. Since this episode we, is long and we're probably getting yeah. tired and I would hate to uh, not talk about anything. Like Since this movie is know. told out of order, should we tell the podcast out of order as well? As in put this at the front? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Open, open with this. I forget how music goes. You're, you're oh, just, that's unpacked. Oh, that's unpacked. Oh, shout out to unpacked, guys. Check it out. It's dead. It's dead Barry. Anyway. Likely only. No, I'm loving this episode and loving this movie. Well, yes. 
loving this movie. Just yeah, just maybe maybe think about that. Maybe I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I didn't say anything very good about that. Thing.